The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, daily NFL podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Sunday, December 26th. If you are watching on YouTube, we actually go live on YouTube after every primetime game. We skipped Christmas. Thank you for the respite. Man, we needed it because that little stretch run there in week 15, uh, week 15 was, uh, was pretty intense. If you're listening to the podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button. If we get to a certain number of like buttons, we'll try and give away a hat. Or maybe we're saving for the playoffs. I don't know. Either way, smash the like button if you're watching. If you're listening on YouTube, if you're listening on Spotify. If you're listening anywhere, first of all, we appreciate you, as always. But if you're listening on Spotify specifically, they've introduced a five-star rating system. So give us a five-star rating on Spotify in your app. Joining me to break down the playoff picture and then to dive into week 16. We'll be joined shortly by the third member of this party, but joining me now, John Breach. What's up, Breach? You know what? I actually thought that Wilson just chose not to show up after the beatdown and everything that happened today, uh, but he is, in fact, on HQ, so I will not make fun of his, the fact that his team lost by 26 points. Wilson, yeah, Ryan Wilson will join us shortly. Uh, we want to get the podcast fired up, and uh, but, you know, Wilson uh, Wilson may or may not be Maybe I've been praying for overtime in this game to extend, like to extend his appearance on HQ, or maybe he'll fake that. You know, he's like, ah, you know, uh, EK, I think we need to talk a little bit longer about what happened in this game. Please don't make me podcast with Breach. Or he'll pull it out of my playbook and be like, oh, guys, my internet crashed. I can't go on tonight. Sorry. Breaking internet here. crash at your office. What? Why not? Why wouldn't you do that? Um, okay, so we're gonna talk playoff picture, and then Wilson can talk about the games when he comes in. Four births were clinched on Sunday. I believe that's correct, Breach. The Cowboys clinched their division title and obviously a playoff berth, oddly enough, when Las Vegas beat Denver to AFC teams, somehow allowed the Cowboys to secure their uh, uh, NFC East title. But obviously, they didn't need it because they would have locked it down with the beatdown they laid on Washington 56-14 to 14 on Sunday Night Football. The Buccaneers won the NFC South with a... Uh, Comfortable victory over the Carolina Panthers that featured lots of uh, fire Matt Rule chants. The Rams clinched a playoff berth after beating the Vikings, and actually the Rams clinched a playoff berth for the Cardinals, who lost on Christmas night. And, and the Cardinals are in the middle of a three-game losing streak that have Cardinals fans panicking, but they clinched a playoff berth because of the Vikings' loss. Feel free to discuss any of those things if you're so inclined. Well, good for the Cardinals because uh, it felt like they were a meltdown away from missing the playoffs. So we now though that's not possible because the Vikings are going to allow them to backdoor their way in. The Cardinals might go into the postseason on a five-game losing streak. I mean, it wouldn't be that crazy to have the Cowboys and Seahawks coming up, both losable games. Uh, and, you know, if you're one of the top four seeds in the NFC, because I'm assuming that the Cardinals are not winning the division at this point, this is – they are strictly a wild card team. You are like 
staring at that. And the Cardinals are the team you want to play. I mean, if you're the Cowboys, you want to play the Cardinals or the 49ers, right? You don't want to play. Well, the Rams are at the Ravens, and then they host the 49ers. Certainly, the Rams could lose. I'm trying to – what's the scenario here? The Cardinals win – yeah, the Cardinals would go one and one. The Rams lose both, and the Cardinals would have the tiebreaker. Or, I mean, two and oh, obviously. Um, Or the the Cardinals could go two and oh, and the Rams could go one and one. The Cardinals need to make up one game, or I guess a half a game, really, on the Rams because they have a tiebreaker over the Rams in the NFC West. It does feel like, with the way Dallas played on Sunday night, with how Arizona has played over the last month, that if they have to deal with a decent team – or really any team uh, that they that they could be in in some big trouble. So, and we look at Stephen O uh, of Sportsline has given us odds uh, with the uh, with this game, this victory over Minnesota on the road took the Rams from 76, 70, 76, 77 point, I know, right? Seventy seven point six percent chance of winning the division up to ninety seven point one percent chance of winning the division. And Stephen O, by the way, love Stephen O, but he is a huge Ravens homer. If he, you know, if he could dial back the 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 fact that the Ravens might beat the Rams, he he would. But the reality is, the Rams just have a much easier schedule than the Cardinals, who will probably have a tough time uh, with the Cowboys, and will certainly get a Seahawks uh, a, an effort from the Seahawks, even though Seattle is likely out of the playoffs with the loss. The Vikings fell from 49.4% chance to make the playoffs down to 47.6% chance. You know, not a huge uh, difference, although uh, – oh, no, excuse me. That was uh, – that's hit their win total. I'm an idiot. Uh, their playoff chances dropped from 21 point – I was like, that is not possible. That seems extremely low. Um, their playoff chances went from 21.2% down to 8.9%, meaning the Vikings are not dead yet, but they are – very close to drawing dead. They have the same record as the Falcons, obviously, at 7-8. and eight. New Orleans plays on Monday night. And then the Eagles in San Francisco, a full game ahead of the Vikings. The Vikings are in big trouble with Philly's win. You know, they can't win the division, obviously. But their chances to make the playoffs went from 47.2%, according to our sports line simulations, up to 59.6%. So, Debo, how are we feeling? about the Eagles' chances. Debo was doing naked body shots of whiskey. That's how he's feeling right now. Look, I I thought that was a pretty pathetic 24-point win. About as pathetic of a 24-point win as you can get. I'm not encouraged about the Eagles' performance, but I am encouraged about their playoff chances and chance to make the playoffs after today. And then I think after what we see on Monday, it might become a lot more clear, but... There's a path, and the path is pretty clear for the Eagles at this point, and they control their own destiny, which is great. Eagles That's have the Eagles are at can. Washington, and then the Cowboys at home. Here's the thing about, and you talked about this breach of the top four seeds against, and who, you know, well, so one, the Eagles are probably unlikely to get Dallas resting their players in week 18 because Dallas, with their win, they moved from the four seed up to the two seed, now in a three way tie with the Rams in Tampa Bay. One game back of the Green Bay Packers. Dallas has a nine and one conference re- conference record. The Rams have an eight three conference record. The Tampa Bay has a seven and four conference record. That's how that slots out. The Packers have an eight and two conference record. So, I don't. If you're, I mean, if you're the Cowboys, I think. Well, I guess you could pull your guys at halftime. If if so, so the the Packers play the Vikings in week uh, in in week seventeen 
at home on Sunday night. If the Packers were to lose that, then all of a sudden Dallas is all in on week 18, assuming they beat the Cardinals. If the Packers beat the Vikings, I think, Breach, it's probably a scoreboard watching situation for Dallas against Philly, where if Green Bay were to go up two, uh, let's say three scores, that's that's the time when you pull your players. Or, or the NFL throws a curveball this year because there's two games on Saturday in week 18. Mm. You put the Cowboys on Saturday. That way, if they win, the Packers have a ton of pressure on them going into Sunday because they know if they lose, then they lose the top seed. And that oh, would add. You don't know what games are flexing to Saturday. It's like, we're right. So flexing. there'll be two games on Saturday. And I'm guessing they'll put, do something like right. that where those Saturday games have a major impact on the Sunday games and, and add more pressure to those Sunday games. Well, Rich, the, and we find that out right after week 17. Yeah. Usually they announce it Sunday night. It, they, yeah. Uh, Sunday or Monday. That, they can, you may have to do that two weeks in advance. No, not for the last week of the season. Okay. They do it, it's six days. Did they do this last year? They did it. I mean, every year they flex a Sunday game to Sunday night in the final week of the season. Oh, I know that. But so this is the same principle. No, except you're moving it a full day, I and mean, that's a big difference. Well, it's the same principle in the sense that you have six days to do it because it's a flex before the last week, last final week yeah. of the season. Well, I, I understand what you're saying, but you're not talking about, you know, fans deciding to go to a game on a Sunday. It's all of a sudden, you you know, you're thinking about going to the Eagles Cowboys game in week 18 on a Sunday. Now it's a Saturday. You can't announce it four or five days in a row. We'll, we'll see. Is, that's what they're going to do. They're announcing it. They're announcing it. They have up until six days in advance. Okay. So they can do it six days in advance. That's pretty insane. The, um, all right. So, all, but to Breach's point, it makes a ton of sense that you would take a game like Dallas Philly where the outcome of that game would incentivize other teams to play harder in on Sunday in week 18 rather than you know rest their players and and, and to put those games forward. So I'm trying to think what uh, you know like you're not going to do like I mean I guess you could do like I guess anything would work as long as there's a one team involved that the but then you kind of have an unfair, you know, if one team has to play sooner and they can clinch, you don't want to have a team lock themselves in that would then allow other teams to sit players in week 18. That's what the NFL is trying to avoid, I believe. Right, right, right. You don't want to give anyone that type of advantage because then if the Cowboys lost, the Packers, well, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, we were talking about the tiebreakers. If there's a three-way tie at the top, you know, the Packers have head-to-head. Uh, the Packers are feeling good about their tiebreakers right now. Well, like, like I was, I was saying, like an example would be Seahawks Cardinals. You could flex that to Saturday, and then it force or or Rams Forty ers Actually, no, not Rams Forty ers Because if the Cardinals, let's say the Cardinals lose to the Cowboys, and then you flex the Seahawks, and uh, I, this is too we're too complicated to deal with right now. We'll 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 think about it and get back to you next week. <laughs> I mean, the point being is, or well, three, let, let me ask you this about the NFC playoffs. Do you think there is any team slotted in right now? I mean, there's only two open spots. Do you think? those two teams that are in there right now, the 49ers at six, the Eagles at seven end up being the final two teams. Or do you think someone else sneaks in at this point? I feel like the only team that's sneaking in is it's either it's down to three teams for the wild card spots, San Francisco, Philly, and new Orleans. Right. You ruling Atlanta out. You throw out the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings have to play the Packers. You can't, they beat the Packers already once. They and the Falcons, the they have to play the Packers on Sunday night in Lambeau field. 
against Aaron Rodgers making an MVP push. And the Falcons only have to go to Buffalo in December, in January, in the dead of winter. They can't win that game? Uh, they can. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's really – if it's because if the Saints beat the Dolphins on Monday night, the interesting thing is because now they're staring at two games left, and those two games are the Panthers and Falcons, which are very, very winnable. Uh, so that – would be yeah i think i think new orleans can get in there i'm not sure i mean i i guess i'm scared to suggest that san francisco won't get in i mean the 49ers have what the texans who just beat the chargers and then the they're at the rams so the but 49ers probably go one and one i would say the eagles feel pretty good though they they have the head-to-head over new orleans and if yeah. we feel like that's the only team uh i mean they have the head-to-head over the falcons Debo, is that everyone everyone important they didn't play the Vikings, did they? No. I've not played the Vikings. Okay. So they have the head to head over the Saints and Falcons, and the Vikings aren't probably not going to go 2 0. So you got to feel pretty good if you're an Eagles fan, like Debo was saying. If it yeah, comes I mean, down to it, four, 49ers do have the head to head over the Eagles. Debo, as an Eagles fan, uh, and you're staring at the seedings right now, the Eagles have to play the Cowboys in the wild card round on a list of, uh, on a ranking of one to 10. How much do you want to avoid them with? Uh, 10 being the highest bring it bring it uh I, I know that's not a numerical rating after the performance tonight but which, which side 10 i want to play them is that the right the i mean scale? if you had to pick between the division leaders right now we'll give the packers the buy since they have a game lead would you rather play the cowboys the rams or the buccaneers if you're the eagles i'm gonna rule out the bucks defending champ tom brady i'm not, I'm not gonna voluntarily play the bucks in the first round i would i would say dallas bring it on i like having the third matchup in a season if if the cowboys manage to beat the eagles in week 18 and the eagles still get in we know the whole thing about tough to beat a team three times in the same season it's not true though it's not true but but back-to-back weeks adds a layer of intrigue now that i do think is interesting like when the uh remember when the Bengals sat everybody against the jets the Jets got in the playoffs and knocked. The no, I don't remember playoffs. that, Brenton. Jeez, why would you even bring that up? You know how much I remember that. I remember that the Bengals they, they could have changed their seed from three or four, and but Marvin Lewis is like, eh, whatever, I don't care. And so they bench, they sit everyone on Sunday night, and this game is actually why they flex into Sunday night. Uh, that started because the Bengals benched everyone and lost like thirty-seven to nothing, and then. Lost again the next week in the playoffs, twenty-four to fourteen. Yes. So to Mark, to Mark Sanchez and uh, to to the point about the um, actually you know two two points about the flexing stuff. By the way, one, I think you might be right. I think they might announce on Sunday Night Football in Week Seventeen because it's hard to announce. You you don't know what games will meet the criteria to right. not give teams an advantage right now. They'll have a they'll have a they'll have a. If they'll have a, like a flow chart, basically, like if this if this happens in week 17, it, you know, did this happen? Did this happen? OK, here's one of the Saturday games and they'll have two of those. And then, of course, flex a, a game with like, all, like playoff implications on both sides for Sunday night. Uh, and then the uh, yeah, actually, I think that's all I had. Only one thing on that. Smash that like button uh, if you are watching on the YouTubes. Yeah, I think the NFC. Who do we, what do you say? Who would you rather rank the four teams that we think are in the, in the hunt, Arizona, 
San Francisco, well, Arizona's close, obviously. Arizona, but the four wildcard teams, potentially. Arizona, San Francisco, Philly, and New Orleans. How? What's the order you want? Like based to on their chance of winning the Super Bowl? No, 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 no. If you're one of the, the top four teams. Like who do you who do you want like who's the who's the team you want uh, to see? First? I probably want to play the Eagles first. Wow. Well, I mean, are we? Oh! Let's say the only options are the Cardinals, 49ers, and Eagles because they're it they're in the slots right now. I, I, my rankings would be Eagles and then Cardinals and then 49ers. Because 49ers, I think, can be anyone in the top four, but all, they also could lose anyone. I mean, we saw them. Uh, I saw, know, 49ers at the bottom, I think. We saw Jimmy wet the bed in Nashville on Thursday. Yeah, 49ers are the team you don't want to play because if they if they come out hot and that defense is flying around, they can beat anybody. Um, New Orleans is – is I actually think your list is probably right or close to right. Uh-huh. I just – the Cardinals are – the Cardinals are really talented, but, man, they have just – although Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts in the playoff game, that's pretty juicy if you're if – you're, uh, I mean, no offense, Devo. No, and – to be fair, the Eagles are one of the hottest teams in the NFL, but they also haven't beaten a playoff caliber team this this year. The stretch has consisted of wins against the Lions and the Broncos and the Jets and the Giants and the Washington football team. They're not teams we're talking about in these playoff pictures. So to be fair, I, they're hot. Their offense since week eight is the best in the NFL. Their defense is top five in the NFL since week eight, where this turning point happened. But let's be fair and look at the schedule when we're factoring in this in with the Eagles. Now, I think the ground game and the way that Jalen Hurts is playing is a good formula for the postseason. But I also want to present the other side of it, too, and and not be the biased Eagles fan all night here. Uh, and to Debo's point, the Eagles are 0 and 6 this year against teams that currently have a winning record, and 8 and 1 against teams that do not currently. Yeah, have and they a just haven't record. had a chance to play teams really with winning records since the beginning of the season, when we know it's not the same team and they're not nearly as good as as they or weren't nearly as good as they are now. And, and to be clear, if the Dolphins were to win on Monday night, the Saints would certainly moved down this list at seven to eight they would have an uphill battle and the 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 49ers and eagles are cheering hard for the dolphins on monday night and I, there's a scenario uh this is courtesy of, of bo wolf on twitter where the eagles can clinch a spot next week if the following three things happen which is realistic a win at washington minnesota lost to green bay and then a new orleans loss to carolina or a new orleans loss to miami wow I know why I'm hearing myself now. Be right back. Debo, maybe then the Eagles are the ones benching people. <laughs> maybe. Now it's just you alone. Let's uh let's shift some things to the AFC breach. We can allow you to gloat a little bit before Wilson shows up, but but break down the AFC for us before Brinson rejoins. Yeah, I think yeah. we all know that I love this playoff picture right now. Of course, let's start with the three seed because why not start there? That's where normal people start. And that is the Cincinnati Bengals. Look at that. One win just bumps you all the way up into the top three. It's amazing at nine and six. And, you know, we saw what they did the Ravens. They look like a team that can uh, play with anyone right now. So, obviously, you've got the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the only team in the AFC that has clinched a playoff berth going into week 17. That is absolutely nuts. I mean, we were just talking about the NFC, obviously. 
you have five out of the seven slots already wrapped up. We already know five playoff teams. AFC, we know one playoff team. The Tennessee Titans, 10 and 5, two seed, they could still miss the playoffs. The Bengals, 9 and 6, could still miss the playoffs. Bills, Colts, all of them, they could still miss the playoffs uh, because there's only one team that hasn't clinched it. And then. And by the way, did you mention that um, that was my segue, the setup, when it's my, and I had to cut all my fans up here and then uh, my audio messed up, was if the Dolphins win on Monday night, they're in the playoffs. Not there yet because we're not to the seven, but that is a good thing to know, Brinson. When we get there, the segue through Monday night to the AFC. Uh, with the Titans at two, Bengals at three, Bills at four, Colts at five, Patriots at six, and Ravens at seven. But as Brinson said, the Dolphins will be in the seventh spot if they beat the Saints, and I think that's interesting because the seventh spot. You know, we're saying that. Uh, you know, it doesn't feel like the Vikings or the Falcons or those teams have a chance. The seventh spot really feels up for grabs in the AFC. Like, I, I don't even want to try to predict who's going to get it. Could be the Ravens, could be the Chargers, could be the Raiders, maybe, maybe the Dolphins. Yeah, but I think because of the way that the AFC North will go, I mean, I feel like you know, so you have Browns, Steelers next week, and then Browns, Bengals. Like I, I feel like the AFC North is going to knock aside a couple of teams, right? I, I mean, I would think so. It does feel like only one AFC North team is going to make it unless the Ravens win out uh, because they could get in with the wild card at 10 and 7 if the Bengals win the division at 10 and 7. So I think that's because obviously with the Browns and Steelers both losing on over the weekend, they can't get the 10 wins. And so the only way the AFC North is getting two teams win feels like if the Bengals and Ravens both finish 10 and seven. So the Ravens went out and the Bengals go one and one or, or, or the, the, the Bengals win the division either way. And the Ravens went out and they right. win. They and both the Ravens, go 10 and seven. Yeah. The Ravens are of course, uh, hosting, uh, San Francisco, or no, the Rams, excuse me, hosting the Rams this coming week. And then in week 18, the Ravens are, Ryan Wilson? Dun, dun, dun. Um, where are the Ravens? Why can't I find the Ravens? What's going on here? They're in Baltimore. <laughs> he shows up with a dunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's right. They're playing the Steelers. I, it's What had happened was I had a list of playoff contenders up, and the Steelers weren't on there, so I missed it. Oh, reverse dunk. Oh, what a big jam. Wallace took it in his hands and said, up, up, and away. You, Steelers but, are, Wilson, you are not. What's up, buddy? How you doing? You're not. I was gonna, no, I'm not. Um, but yeah, they still needed some some help on the old uh, broadcast. Yes, hey, look, much. I'm just a worker bee. Smart of you. So we've covered the AFC playoff race that we wouldn't have needed your input on that. No, <laughs> I came in just in the nick of time. Uh, no, actually, we're just kidding. We covered the NFC. Here is the AFC. Uh, the uh, Steelers are dead, right? I told you that three weeks ago, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, whenever they fell the playoff. Right? They, although I was quite excited, I, I didn't see this coming. After the Chargers got their doors blown off, the, the Steelers were the seventh seed for two and a half, three hours. So I enjoyed that uh, for about fifteen minutes until the, the Chiefs game kicked off because that I couldn't enjoy that obviously. And I mentioned this in Slack, but you guys thought it was just me passive aggressively gloating when, in fact, is it was the words of a terrorized Bengals fan who has been watching this team for his entire life. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the words of a terrorist, which also fits. <laughs> if the Bengals, <laughs> lose, 
if the Bengals lose to the Chiefs in week oh, eight in week seventeen, which many people stop are it. going to be predicting, the Bengals are an underdog. Then the winner of the Steelers Browns game is right back in the race that's for true. the AFC North. If I mean, Rams, that's, that's if a the fact. Chiefs win in week seventeen, the winner of Steelers Browns. So you're telling me there's a chance? No. Did you see that game? Breach probably watched it twice. He was so was excited about that beatdown. But but as uh, Breach and I talked about on the early odds podcast, which you can find in your uh, in your podcast feed, or of course on YouTube, beep, beep. there's a there's a pretty good chance that Ben Roethlisberger does something super dramatic, like leading into Week 17, announcing whether he's like announces he's going to retire or you know, leaks something out to the media about a an injury he's been dealing with all year, or or you know Matt Canada has stifled his play calling and creativity at the line of scrimmage. Any one of those things would immediately want me to bet on the Steelers in Week 17. The last one, I couldn't agree with more. I'm pretty convinced they told Matt Canada back in August, call every single play that will force Big Ben to retire because he is crushing it. Yeah, he is. He is trying to get Big Ben out of there. The Bengals, by the way, according to our simulations, with their do- dominating victory over the uh, <laughs> the Ravens, went from 55.3% to win the division up to 71.7% to win the division while the Ravens uh, to win the division fell from 23.2 down to 7.4, their playoff chances 38.7 down to 28.5. Baltimore's in a bad spot here it, with the seven seed. Well, that they don't have a quarterback. Uh, everyone's injured. Uh, you know, they the, the fans are going to come back to those the the last before this game, the pre- three previous games that all led to Justin Tucker onside kicks at the very end of the game. Two of those games were the two point conversions that didn't work out. And that's what, you know, folks will be talking about. And also the biggest storyline is going to be uh, how much money is Lamar Jackson going to get? I mean, a lot. I don't know. Not yeah. a lot. He'll get more, more than Baker. More, more than Baker Mayfield. That's <laughs> <laughs> what are y'all talking about? All right, we can get to that when we talk about that game. Um, Here's what I'm talking about, though. If you are – all right, guys, right now, who is your seventh-seeded team in the AFC? Uh, but, uh, we'll get to the Bills, Patriots, too, but the – um. The, the Patriots took a big drop in odds to win the division, but are still in the high 90s to make the playoffs at 96 with that 60. Well, it's because the Bills play the, what, the Falcons and the Jets? Yes. The Bills have probably one of the easiest schedules remaining, and all they have to do is win both those games, and they win the division. And yet still, I have to sweat out this 10 and a half over, or 10, yeah. over 10 and a half wins. Well, the Bills have the 28th easiest schedule, or the, the fifth easiest schedule. But you know what's funny is the Patriots have the second Easiest schedule, but that's by record. They play the Dolphins and they play Jacksonville. Bills are now minus eight hundred to win the division at uh, Caesars. Again, we'll get into these games a little more specifically in uh, in a minute. Hold the, on, I want to I answer Breach's question. Yeah, let's, answer, let's answer Breach's question. Oh, okay. Well, sometimes you don't you like to ignore Breach, and I'm oftentimes in that boat. But this time, I thought it was a good question. Thank you. So good a question. It might be a question I might ask Breach. Here's my concern, and this is just a personal observation. Every week, I have no idea who's good and who's bad. Every single week. So this week, I'm like, oh, maybe the Raiders are still in it because they they found a way to win despite Derek Carr trying to throw interceptions. Uh, and, I, and my another thought, maybe the Chargers are going to bounce back because they can't be that bad. Maybe the Dolphins do well on Monday night and make me reconsider. So that's where I'm at. I, I, I still think the Chargers find a way to get there. But, gee, I mean, you can't do what you did in Houston and have anyone take you seriously. So I'll go with the Chargers, and I feel terrible about it. Brenton? I, that's sort of what my answer is going to be. I can't say the Dolphins because I called them frauds, and um, I can't. Uh, the, the Raiders have to. I don't think the Raiders. 
I don't know why we're even the Raiders are at the Colts and then have to play the Chargers at home. Feels like absolute best case is one and one there, and nine and eight is not. Are the Chargers going to win another game? They lit. They got Steelers and Washington Football Team by the Houston Texans. <laughs> they they host the Broncos and they're at the Raiders. I think the Chargers go two and zero, oh, but I don't feel good about it. Oh golly! I'll put the. I'll eye. say. I mean, what are the what are the who's who's the who's Stephen O have as the top projected playoff team at this spot i mean the ravens schedule is both at home but they're brutal we don't know if they'll have a quarterback Ay i will say that the charge i'll go chargers too and i don't feel good about it and the ravens have the fourth most difficult schedule with that ram steelers uh combo please i mean the ravens are decimated anyway we'll get we'll look let's take a break and we'll come back and discuss these games we'll, we'll mention Yay. more playoff, but, but that's the playoff picture as it is right now when we come back Joe Burrow did something that only several other people in the history of the NFL <laughs> And Breach will tell you all about it next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Absolutely. Ooh, blistered the Baltimore Ravens 41 to 21. I'm not sure the score even does it justice. It was a bludgeoning from jump street. Now the Ravens were starting Josh Johnson at quarterback. He had to throw 40 times. Stop like making eight. excuses for the Ravens. Uh, look, the Ravens, the Ravens have been decimated by injury. It's pretty the Ravens were up seven to three. And I knew at that point breach was like, Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> Is that Joe true? Burrow finished, finished the game 37 to 46 for 525 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. And he said after the game that yes, Don Martindale's comments about not putting him in the Hall of Fame, that he's not Aaron Rodgers. Well, you know, he heard them. And it, you know, did, did it affect you? He said, it didn't feel necessary, which is fair. And then asked, was it on your mind when you were chucking the ball down the field late in the fourth quarter when the game was over and you're coming off an ACL and there are defenders all over your knees? Maybe. That's Breach. A slippery slope. Breach, get your gloat on. This was one of the most fun games I can remember watching in the past 20 years. Because obviously playoff games are never fun. Uh, rarely are the Bengals still in contention this late in the season. Uh, you know, definitely not over the past five years. And so watching this, I can tell you when I knew this game was over. And it was when Tyler Boyd caught a 68-yard touchdown pass uh, early, early, early in the second quarter. And I just knew from there. It was just going to be the coronation of Joe Burrow. And that's what this felt like. I mean, the Ravens had one and a half healthy defensive backs. You knew there was no way they were going to be able to stop the Bengals. And uh, Josh Johnson in a shootout. I mean, he tried, but this is like 
uh, going to a, an actual shootout with a Twinkie and the other guy has like Twinkie. a machine gun. You know, you're not winning in that situation. Uh, and, and this was just unbelievable. And this is, you know, I got I've been talking about this, I think, the past couple of weeks with the Bengals and, and what happened to Jamar Chase's production. He had a lot, uh, you know, 125 yards today. But the one thing Joe Burrow has done really well over probably the past five weeks is, you know, defenses have been doing their best to kind of slow down what Jamar Chase is doing. And Burrow has been just, boom, I'm going to go to T. Higgins. Boom, I'm going to go to Tyler Boyd. He wasn't doing that so much the first four or five weeks of the season. It was just all Jamar Chase. And it made sense. That's who your chemistry is with. Uh, that's the guy you know where he's going to be. He knows where the ball is going to be. Uh, you guys connect. But now you can just see Burrow developing that same chemistry with Higgins and with Boyd. And that's what makes this Bengals offense even more scary. I'm not going to be crazy and say uh, scary enough. To, I'm not going to say <laughs> oh! <laughs> that this team is good enough to win a playoff game yet. Um, but I might well, say I mean, that in two weeks. They're, they're not, you know, when they won the national title, I mean, Jamar Chase was the leading receiver, but they also had this other fellow named Justin Jefferson on the team. I mean, Bur and, you know, Burrow's thrown to Terrace Marshall, Thaddeus Moss, Clyde Edwards, Alaric. I mean, what a joke. But the point being is that he, I think Joe Burrow is good at distributing the football and they've actually created an offense or calling an offense that caters to his skill set. And he's not, he doesn't lock on to somebody like Jamar chase. He's popping. He's throwing the ball all over the place. He's going to, he's going to the guy who's open and man, I mean, is this the best? If you, if you said going forward, you have to pick a wide receiver group, you know, that, you know, you have to take one team's wide receiver, like top three wide receivers. Oh, I thought you were going to ask Breach. This is the best Bengals wide receiver group because there's Hushman, Hushman Zada and Chad Ochocinco. Who else was part of that group, Breach? Uh, there was, was like Peter Warwick. Then. Who? Peter Brandon Warwick was on the team. They had Rudy Johnson era. They had oh Chris this, Henry. This Chris Henry, yeah. This group is better than that group. Yeah, or I think this so. group has more potential than that group. Potentially, yes. Yeah, th that was that was my question. Is like I'm, I'm trying to think of what wide receiver groups in the NFL you would take over this if you were planning for five to ten years. Yeah, I, I mean, mean the Cowboys, I think, would probably be in the conversation. No, because yeah. Gallup's, Gallup's contract's up, Cedric Wilson's contract's up. You have Amari Cooper and you have Ceedee Lamb. I'm taking Boyd, the, the Boyd signed, chases on a rookie deal, and so is Higgins. I mean, I'm taking the Bengals. I'm just trying to think of other names. So I'd, you. I don't look like a homer and you guys don't look like oh yeah now you don't look like a homer. you're so yeah. you're not agreeing with me you don't want to agree I, with me i'll say this and i say it all the time about justin herbert i was wrong about t higgins i got talked into not believing what i saw and that's a lesson learned he's a grown man t higgins won me my fantasy game in a semifinal. the other guy had Devonte adams t higgins put up like 32 points thanks t uh and the other thing was the, the crazy thing is that i love i think it was florio that reported that john harbaugh was apparently upset that the Bengals were still throwing the ball in the fourth quarter john harbaugh the guy who literally called a run play with 10 seconds left in a win that his team john harbaugh said? to keep a streak going what harbaugh, harbaugh the floor is wrong harbaugh what? was not mad at all no no harbaugh that said privately he was upset Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh. He, I thought he tweeted. He tweeted some. Uh, anyway, whatever. So yeah, the Bengals, the Bengals dominated, and the question is, is that? I mean, is that the? I mean, obviously, that's the kind of win you want over your division rival. And Joe Burrow has obliterated the Ravens this year. He he looks like there's a little bit of big Benish to it, big Ben to him. I think in the sense that, hmm. not not physical play or or how he acts, just. 
the the chip on his shoulder for to get division rivals. Maybe a little Aaron Rodgers ish too. I mean, he he clearly has a chip on his shoulder and and had it in college. And the other thing that Burrow has, which is why he's probably still back to number two in terms of guys that you want, and you only take you know when you're doing a draft, it's Mahomes and then and Joe Burrow. Wait, what? I take him over Herbert. All right. Who are you taking? Breach wouldn't take him over Herbert, but okay. He don't. He won't say that out loud. What? Just, Burrow just Burrow awesome. over everyone. Burrow's been awesome every time he's been healthy. He just tore his ACL. I mean, he's been. He's probably going to win Comeback Player of the Year now. He wore a like. What do you want? Happy Holidays rolling into the. He threw for five hundred twenty-five yards, as Brinson mentioned. That was the fourth most in NFL history. That is bonkers. And uh, as Brinson also mentioned, he dominated the Ravens nine hundred and forty-one yards in two games against the Ravens this year. That is the most ever uh, for one quarterback against the same opponent in the same season broke the record held by Joe Montana who did against the Falcons and Dan Marino. I will say this to defend you breach and even you Benson a little bit. Um, when Joe Burrow was drafted, I remember having this conversation with, with Pete Prisco and Brady Quinn. And I said, I would take Joe Burrow over Trevor Lawrence who still had a year to go in college. And they were both like, nah, I don't know about that. Just because Joe Burrow was that good at LSU and clearly, I don't think anyone's taking Trevor Lawrence. Like, if you have to win a game tomorrow over Joe Burrow, maybe over the long term. But I, I can certainly get behind the argument. And Joe Burrow has played well. Uh, he had at least Josh one goal. Allen could be the number two there, too, by the way. Uh, uh, that's, a, uh, that's a good conversation to have. Yeah. So, uh, Breach, we talk about it every so often. Not every week. But I saw the one boneheaded play, the interception in the end zone that was called back because of DPI. Uh, were there any other ones that gave you pause? Or, or has he uh, minimized those mistakes? I thought this was probably Burroughs. I mean, best game of the season numbers suggested. I always, th- I, I also thought it was Zach Taylor's best game of the season, uh, which arguably says more because he could have said, you know what, we're going to stick with our offense. We're going to run, run, run uh, and, and set up Burrow for the pass. But he was like, no, the Ravens have no secondary right now. And we are going to be a pass first offense today. And those are the things you want to see from the head coach. You want to see them kind of, you know, obviously Bill Belichick does that every week where he adjusts to what his opponent has or what they're doing. And you get these, uh, you know, super in-depth game plans that take advantage of that. And that really felt like what the Bengals did in this game where, you know, if we have to throw it 50 times, that's what we're going to do because the Ravens weakness right now is the backside of their defense. So, uh, yeah, backside. I, I thought that Burrow and. Uh, Zach Taylor's his name. Burrow and Zach Taylor are both. No, I forgot. I was looking at. McPherson missing a field goal. I, I forgot about is that. that uh, is that like Zach Taylor having a good game? Is that like saying uh, Mike McCarthy did an awesome job beating up Washington football team? <laughs> no, because Baltimore's a better team than Washington, so I don't think that's fair to say. And I, I would say that Zach Taylor has gotten better as a coach as the season has gone on. He's I feel like he's making a lot smarter decisions, and that's what you want to see when you're in playoff contention and this team only needs one more win to clinch the AFC North. So, uh, you know, this, I just thought the Bengals – this was one of their better games. You want to see anytime you see three receivers, four receivers go over 70 yards. I mean, that's, that's insanity. Uh, You're and, laying the groundwork for when Zach Taylor gets that extension. So you can defend it. Got it. Well, I will say though, that you, this doesn't tell you anything about how the Bengals might match up with the Chiefs, just because the Ravens, this was a game that the Bengals had to win. You're playing a decimated Ravens team at home. You can't afford to lose it. And they did it. They took care of business by 20 points. That's what they had to do. And that's what they did. No one. I don't think thought they were losing this game. Like if this wasn't one of those trap games. I mean, I think I think it, once Josh Johnson was you know, right, right, the that's quarterback, I mean. it was probably you know because it got up to like seven or something like that. I would just say that 
again, back to my point of Burrow, he has just a killer instinct. And like, no offense to Andy Dalton. I know we dunk on him all the time on this on the show, but like Andy Dalton won a bunch of football games at both the college and, and professional level. Andy Dalton doesn't scare me when I get to when I get to the playoffs. You know who scares me if I'm if my team's going up against him? Joe Burrow. He's won a title in the regular in in, in, in the regular season. In, he's won a title in college, and he he's shown that he can win these big games even against you know decimated. He, could, he couldn't beat out Dwayne Haskins. That's all I'm saying. At Ohio State. Who was the coach there? That's a joke. Urban. Boom. Ah, Dunk on yourself. Yeah, <laughs> uh, trying to say it's a joke. All right. Let's move on to a well, it's another beatdown. Somehow a less exciting beatdown. The Chiefs beat the Steelers 36 to 10. Chiefs moved to 11 and 4. The Steelers fall to 7 7 and 1. They are probably toast, but eh, tell like me. Like I said, chance. after that Ravens win, when um I were I celebrated my little yellow bug outfit because the Bengals lost that game. I don't even remember who they played. Eight and eight and one is what I'm. That's the Super Bowl. So they're out of playoffs. I mean, and by the way, let's say they make the playoffs. Whatever team they face, they're going to be getting ten and a half points. So big whoop. You go to the playoffs and then what? Your worst draft position to try to replace the the chubby guy that's about to retire. I mean, if Ben if Ben got to the playoffs and had the Bengals in the wild card matchup, I could see him finding Breach would be terrified, but no one else that would. Is be. The last what if thing what if the Steelers do. made the playoffs and played the Bills? Uh, they would have to go to Buffalo. I don't and know what you want to say. They beat him in week one. <laughs> yeah, because... and curb stomps. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what are you talking about? And they would be really cold as they were getting grass. <laughs> Look, Big Ben averaged four point five yards per pass in this game. Twenty three to thirty five, a buck fifty nine. Mason Rudolph came in. Look great. <laughs> yeah, one carry for seventeen yards. Mahomes had uh was twenty three to thirty for two fifty eight, three touchdowns despite. The lack of Travis Kelsey in the game. Byron Pringle called two passing touchdowns. Tyree Kill not very involved in this, which is, I guess, a little odd, but they didn't really need no, him. No, they, they quadruple teamed him and left everyone else wide open. It was pretty pretty, pretty good game plan. Yeah, oh, okay. That's why Byron Pringle called everything. The uh, Darrell Williams led the team in rushing. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, nine carries, 27 yards, and a touchdown. Awesome touchdown. Broke two just – I don't even know how he scored. I think that's when he hurt his shoulder because he took a huge lick and then – but he, like, of, he like shrugged off multiple interior he got smacked. Yeah. And linebacker uh, and, and um I think I think it was Cam Hayward did him well. May have been, yes. And then ran into the end zone. He uh suffered that negative MRI results, but they'll find out more uh this coming week. And I don't I mean look, the Chiefs are the this the takeaway here is not Steelers are done because we've known that, as Wilson said. The takeaway here is, man, are the Chiefs backpack? They're warming up. I think, look, this is what, if you're the Cowboys, this is what you wanted to happen on Sunday night. If you're the Chiefs, this is what you wanted to do. If you're the Bengals, this is, I mean, because a lot of times this time of year, like, well, how are they looking going into January? And then we make excuses for teams that are playing like crap. Well, these three teams aren't playing like crap, and they did exactly what they needed to do. And, I mean, you know, the Cowboys scored 56 or whatever. This game could have been 75 to nothing. Yeah, uh, they they just sort of sort of took their foot off the gas. Uh, Chad Henney came in at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Uh, that's how much of a whooping this was, and I, I think a lot of it. And here's the thing: like Tony Romo does a great job for CBS, and he's telling the Steelers what to do offensively, and they do the opposite every single play. <laughs> well, maybe Matt Canada is up there. Like I said, he's he's trying to sabotage <laughs> the, this offense because he's crushing it doing that. The other stuff I, I just don't get. 
Deontay Johnson had a couple huge drops, including a, a, an insanely terrible fumble, and it just felt like he was inside his own head. Oh uh, man, I, I forgot that the Steelers had. Uh, <laughs> this is so good. The, the Steelers had a uh, in the third quarter a 15 play, 54 yard drive to kick a field goal to make it 30 to three. It was so pathetic. Yeah, I don't even remember what happened on that. Oh no! Nah. <laughs> Smash that like button if you see Wilson the Bumblebee costume. Debo, don't oh! Hey, that was my Super Bowl. I'm glad to see Debo's taking the John Breach course of passive aggressiveness because his team's now the seventh seed in the NFC. Yeah. I only Wilson, making... your face there. It looks like you're watching the Chiefs Steelers game. <laughs> oh no! No, I I, uh, I can't even. You're watching if you're not watching YouTube and you're audio only. There's a picture of Ryan Wilson wearing all his Steelers gear. And looking extremely sad. I am so out of sorts. There's a path to seven wins. I can't even make a breach. Can't even make a breach short joke. He got me on that one. That was a whoop. Chiefs are now tied for the best uh, Super Bowl odds. I hope that everyone on this podcast remembers weeks and months ago when the two of you called me crazy and said, "I said to bet the Chiefs to win the division, bang, cash them." I said to bet the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Well, we'll see if it happens, but God, they were like 15 or 17 to one or something like that. It'd be a nice little. They were playing some terrible football, and sometimes yeah. you just you're blindly stubborn, and it worked out. It paid off. Yep, absolutely. Um, Buccaneers, by the way, we cashed that one. That division ticket today, pretty nice little day for the for the division ticket. Uh, fighting Brinsons. Okay, what do you did you bet their over under as well? Uh, Bucks, no, it was like 12 and a half. I was gonna say it's probably pretty high. Yeah, I only bet Bills because it was 10 and a half, 11. I mean, it anyway, seemed anyway. like a layup. Seemed like a layup, and now it's a dogfight. So, yeah, the Chiefs appear to be back. I mean, if, you know, Kelsey and Hill aren't dealing with major, I mean, they're dealing with COVID, but they're not dealing with major, you know. Well, and that's the thing is that the Chiefs did this without Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes like, okay, well, then I'll just throw two touchdowns to Byron Pringle. Again, breach. They weren't playing anyone. They had that, that defense – in fact, I don't remember the stats. Toast. The last four, I think it's the last four away games, they've averaged giving up 38.3 points. I'm just going off memory from watching the, well, the telecast. Despite that, I would say still with the Chiefs, there's always been a concern of who is bad. You know, like who's tr- Mahomes going to throw to if Hill is struggling or if Travis Kelsey's not there. Did you get and, this questions answered tonight? I mean, kind of. <laughs> I think it was crystal clear that anyone in, wearing a red shirt whether the fat guy in the fifth row or an actual steel, uh, Chiefs player, they caught a pass on, on on Sunday. It was a let's let's move to a more exciting AFC matchup. What? Please, Bills to the Bengals game. Oh, you want to you want to you want to bury Wilson more? You didn't get enough. No, he said back to the Bengals. He's getting in because he knows what's coming in three weeks. So right. proceed. <laughs> uh, a crippling wild card loss. So uh, Wilson <laughs> Wilson shows up dressed up as Marvin Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> As Hugh Jackson. <laughs> oh, Bengals OC. Bills win 33-21 against the Patriots in Foxborough. They take over first place in the AFC East. They win the tiebreaker over the Patriots based on division record. Buffalo beat New England in New England in back-to-back years for the first time since 1999-2000. You may wow. recall those years as when Tom Brady showed up. Uh, both of those games were an OT, by the way. You have to go back to 1975 to find the last time Buffalo beat the Pats in Foxborough in back-to-back years without overtime. Mac Jones, first career game, completing less than 50% of his passing attempts, 14 to 32. First career game with zero touchdown passes and an interception. And he is just (laughs) 
Well, his stats against the Bills this year are not exactly the same as Joe Burrow against the the, the Ravens. He went two or three in week 13, famously 19 passing yards. And then, four, I mean, yeah, people can mock Mac Jones for his game and get that win game all they want. This is substantially worse, Wilson. Oh, yeah. No, he's coming back to earth. And one of the fears for all these rookie quarterbacks is they play whatever 12, 13 games in college. And this is like, you know, we talk about the rookie wall and he's trying to do all this stuff and it, it just, it ain't clicking. Um, he made some good throws. He made some some not great throws. And uh, I thought the Bills played really well. And it felt like Sean McDermott wasn't laser focused, so just staring a hole through Bill Belichick across the way. He actually let his offense do his thing. Josh Allen took over, led the team in rushing. But even De- every time Devin Singletary got the ball, he was, uh, you know, elusive and hard to tackle, even if it was for a two or three yard uh, gain. Um, Isaiah McKenzie, career game. Replacing uh, Gabe Davis. His- no, no. He replaced what's his name who got the who got COVID. Oh, Bees. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and true. and Beasley's gonna miss the next game as well. So great job by McKenzie taking advantage of that. Stephon Dix got a fantastic touchdown. I think it was in the first half. And the the person holding the parabolic little mic pointed it at him and you heard him say he pointed to the Foxborough crowd and says, You and you and you. And he said, you can suck something. And then they cut off. <laughs> I was like, yeah. The producer had the quick finger there. Good job there. That sense of you're like, ah, what a fantastic game on CB. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Cut. Commercial. <laughs> yeah, we played an audio. We're all fired. Josh Allen led the uh, Bills in rushing. Josh, fantastic game from Josh Allen. Yeah. The takeaway for me, Breach, is that as much as I wanted the Patriots to win because I've been hyping up the Patriots. And you picked them. And I picked them. And as good as the Patriots have been this year, if the Bills are operating at 100%, on a neutral field with no insane weather conditions, they're just a vastly more talented team than what New England currently has. And that's honestly what I thought going into this game. Cause I kind of went back and watched a little bit of that 14, 10 game last week. It literally felt like if mother nature doesn't give the Patriots a huge assist, that New England probably doesn't win that game. Cause Buffalo literally played probably their worst offensive game of the year and still only lost 14 to 10. So if you play your worst offensive game of the year against your rival and lose by four points, you're going to have a lot of confidence going into the next one thinking, all right, as long as there's not 700 mile an hour wins, we should be able to move the ball at will. And the bills did move the ball at will. We're not even talking about, you know, you mentioned Josh Allen leading the team in rushing and throws for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. The Patriots have this vaunted defense. They could not stop Josh Allen. The bills did not punt in this game. Uh, according to ESPN, that is the first time in Bill Belichick's career uh, that any team has ever not punted against him in his head coaching career. So we're talking about a ton of games and the Bills offense ju- just did something nobody's ever done against the Belichick defense, which is kind of crazy. That's 474 games. So uh, it, it just what the Bills did wasn't I think a lot of people maybe weren't sold on him because the way their offense looked the past couple of weeks is kind of like with the Cowboys what what's the deal why can't they fix things and to be able to fix it this week on the road in New England against a rival uh you know like Ryan said you want to get hot at the right time and this does feel like a game that could definitely propel the Bills into some sort of run I felt good about the Bills coming into this game I just felt like they were going to be not happy remember that's where uh Jordan Poyer and the other defensive back whose name I can't remember right now got angry at the Micah High got angry at the question about are, are you embarrassed or whatever yeah. Well, they're not embarrassed now. And look, you can say they shouldn't have said anything to the reporter. The, the question could have been better. Either way, they clearly took it personally. And I'm sure that was a message all throughout the week. I thought Brian Dable did a good job with the play calling. 
Uh, Josh Allen made no mistakes. Uh, I think the Savon Dix touchdown was incredible. He had another really good touchdown pass. It might have been the one to McKenzie. I have to go back and look. And um, someone in the in the YouTube comments asked, or didn't ask. They actually said Davis Mills is better than Mac Jones. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Let's take a deep breath here. But uh, Mac Jones struggled, and that's just the reality of it. So you got to play better, and and you know. Well, one thing I'll say about that, about Mac Jones struggling, is there's a reason you've never seen a rookie quarterback win the Super Bowl, and they're usually not that successful in the playoffs, is because if you're on a good team, the stakes get higher, there's more pressure, and and most rookies just aren't equipped to deal with that at the quarterback position. And and that's why, you you know, Davis Mills is not playing for a playoff spot right now. He's just out uh, lollygagging and having fun because it doesn't matter what the Texans do. There's not really any pressure on him. It's not like they're going to cut him this offseason. Uh, all he has to do is is try and look good out there and, and try and be he, the starter. He can take chances, and if he throws an interception, no one gives a crap. Right, exactly, exactly. And whereas you're Mac Jones, you can't do that. And so uh, it, it's tough being a rookie quarterback on a playoff-caliber team because of that, because of the higher stakes. And I'll say this, too, uh, to your point, Breach. Uh, Big Ben won 15 straight games his rookie season after Tommy Maddox got hurt. He, I've never looked, seen a quarterback look more lost. He looked like Sam Darnold seeing ghosts every single playoff game they played. And they ran, went up against the Patriots and lost. Joe Flacco, same thing. So all those teams, including Mac Jones, they lean on the run. And you lean on the run for a reason. You don't want your quarterback throwing the ball 50 times a game because as we've seen, these quarterbacks coming through the last three, four years when they throw the ball a lot as rookies and even more, you know, further along in their career, Baker Mayfield of the night, things don't always go well. And this happens a lot. It's not like it's just, uh, you know, Mac Jones or Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck in 2012, phenomenal rookie season, loses his first game. Uh, I don't, maybe even to the Ravens. I, I'm not even sure that it was against Dak Prescott, phenomenal rookie season, loses his first playoff game to the Packers. Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, same thing. Like just, you ha- you see all, it, it's, it's a pattern and there's a reason there's a pattern and it's because you're just kind of overmatched once you get to the playoffs because you're not used to that kind of pressure. I would say let's, I mean, on the, on the bills and both on the bills and on Mac Jones, let's zoom out and look at the big picture a little bit. You know, the bills got thumped by the Colts back before Thanksgiving and then went on a, after that game, went on a, uh, you know, a one and two slide where they beat the saints on Thanksgiving without, you know, without anybody at quarterback. Right. And then they lose the Patriots in the win game. Lose the Bucks in OT after that disastrous first half, but then they handle the Panthers and take care of business at New England. And so it find it feels like, um, you know, you zoom that out. That's a really tough four game schedule there, where you have, uh, you have or six games here, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Buffalo struggled, but I think they're fine. They just had to kind of get through that those rocky times. As far as Mac Jones goes, do, when we zoom out, do we think that he is? Still the rookie of your favorite? Did Jamar Chase walk him down on Sunday? Did these react? These, you know, you can say go big picture as much as you want, but these award selections are largely reactionary. Who is, uh, who's even third in that conversation? Uh, Maybe Najee because he's carried the ball four million times for four million and one yards. I just can't, <laughs> I can't see him giving any, like, a, no, I'm just trying to put a list together. I mean, the, the receivers, yeah, you have Jalen Waddle. Uh, oh, Waddle, yeah, that's Waddle missed last week. But if the if the Dolphins were to, you know, somehow win out and get in the playoffs, and Waddle, no, he's three. Year, Waddle's three. Like three, yeah, that probably makes sense. I mean, Micah Parsons is playing so good. I would think about giving him offensive rookie of the year. He needs to score a few more times, but yes. The um, yeah, I'm just, but I don't think it's close yet between Mac and and uh, Jamar. I think Mac still got it. Yeah, 
Jamar's had a couple spike weeks and he had that great start to the season, but he's been pretty quiet. Now, if he goes on a tear down the stretch and the Bengals win the division. Well, he's got two games, so he's going to get hot, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, but right, exactly. There's a path. But mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see, you know, because Mac Jones was a heavy, heavy favorite. I think like negative 1,000, negative 1,100. And so if he's still the heavy favorite, that's where you say, eh, maybe I should sprinkle on uh, yeah, I've got, someone else. I've got some... So Mac, I've got some actions when the uh, some action. So I got some action. So if if for some reason I were able to get a piece of some Jamar Chase at like I don't know what eight to one, ten to one, I'd at least be interested. Uh, all right. Let's. I, I don't want to. I don't know, Debo, if you have it handy. What's the draft order again? Because I don't know how I feel this week about my pick. Who has the Bills? Is my question. Oh, oh, our Super Bowl draft. Does C-Rat have the Bills? I have the Bills. Oh, so you must feel much better this week than you felt the last few weeks, I would imagine. I because... feel very good right now about the Bills. I was not thrilled, but now I'm, I also had the Cowboys. So oh, I'm very happy with both of those right now. This this fun. list is like the – it's like sweating out something every single – like four <laughs> or five times a Sunday. A and it looks, it's like we flip every single week. Like, oh, my God, you have them. All right, we can circle back to that later. I wanted to, I didn't can remember who had the bills. Somebody in the chat last Sunday was like, oh, Brent's going to change his mind in 12 hours. It's like, yeah, because everything with this league right now is some game happens and everything flips, including the Chargers go down to the Texans My God. and lose 41 to 29. Shout out, Mills. shout out, shout out to my boy, Will Newman, one of my good friends. He won 15 grand today. Oh, it worked his, out for him, huh? What's his, his number? Spot. What's his bank account number? Uh, 112 fake street is that yeah uh, he um he 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 had he had there were four there were four entries left in this pool last week he had two of them somehow he put one of the cardinals they lose somebody one of the other guys had the cardinals they lose he he had the bills get through and then this other guy has the dolphins get through the other guy had the chargers this week obviously even with joey bosa out even with Austin Eckler out. You're playing the Chargers. They get the Texans on the road as massive favorites. It looks like they're going to roll. They're a playoff team. Newman had to go with the Eagles. So Jalen Hurts, Devo, won him uh, 15 grand as Justin Herbert gave it away. Chargers are now one and six this season when Justin Herbert throws an interception in the first half. Jonathan Owens, shout out Simone Biles. Uh, picked him oh, off. I started, I heard, I saw her there celebrating. I didn't catch who her boyfriend was. Jonathan Owens. That's her, uh, that's her, that's her uh, bay. The kids say, I think. Right? Did I do that right? Yeah, they sometimes yeah. say that. Who knows? They don't say that. In the second quarter, um, Herbert, by the way, just four passing touchdowns away from catching Dan Marino for most passing touchdowns of your first two seasons. He also might break Phil. He's going to break Philip Rivers' record for most passing touchdowns in a single season in Chargers history, but all for not in this game as the Chargers looked like complete crap and lost Wilson to the Houston Texans. 41-29. I mean... I don't even know what to say because it seems so impossible and not because that we haven't seen upsets this year. I mean, the Bengals of course lost to the jets, uh, who are uh, the Brown, uh-huh. the, the, the bills scored six points against the Jaguars. The Titans uh, lost to the jets and the Texans. So we, we've seen these sort of things happen, but I, I was just sort of, you know, I didn't watch a lot of this game cause it wasn't on red zone and you know, no one's, making an effort to watch this game in person because I mean actively because you figure it's just gonna be a blowout. So uh Davis Mills 21 it was. 20, it was right. Davis Mills looked great 29 27 the, the throws I, I saw him make were on the money and, and that's fantastic. But I don't know what you're doing if you're Brandon Staley. Like I I don't know what the conversation is. Like he I again I have a huge crush on him and Justin Herbert but 
this is a terrible, terrible, terrible loss. This is one that you look back on uh, in the you know 45 seconds after the week 18 is concluded, and you're like, oh, that's why we missed the playoffs. Two weeks ago, we went to Houston and got beat up by a bunch of guys who's you know it's run by the the crazy guy up top. They don't know what to do with the quarterback, Deshaun Watson, so on and so on. So, what what are you saying in the final two weeks if you're Brandon Staley to to motivate this team to get right? I mean, you you don't want to look at Rex Burkhead's numbers because he went 22 carries for 149 yards. Or two Didn't touchdowns. know he was in the league until today. I mean, <laughs> he's only playing this much because Mark Ingram was traded out of, of like respect for Mark Ingram. They cut Philip Lindsay, and they have Rex Burkhead out there running all over people. Yeah, it's a Nick Casario special, I guess. You know, Chris Conley catches a touchdown. Nico Collins had one uh, late, I believe, in the fourth quarter. The Chargers. It was just pathetic. The Chargers could never mount anything where they would actually get back in the game. I mean, Justin Jackson was their leading receiver. Remember I said when the Steelers uh, had that shootout with the Chargers that I learned more about the Chargers than the Steelers because I knew who the Steelers were? The Steelers scored 30-something points in that game, and that has not happened very often. That may have been the only time in 2021. I was like, yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert was dealing against the defense that just a bunch of cardboard cutouts. I don't know what this means long-term for the Chargers. And then here's how this thing played itself out in Houston today. Chargers can't stop the run. It, it, if they make the playoffs. Well, and real quick, Brenton, that stopping the run is huge because if you, if you told someone before this game, cause we all thought this was going to be a blowout in favor of the Chargers. Sure. If you told someone before this game that the Chargers converted 60, 66% of the third downs and did not punt a single time, you would think they won Chargers 49 covered. to 10, right? Yeah, right, 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 for sure. Right, and so, I mean, the reason this didn't work and is... With, and with three or four in the red zone. Right. And over 400 rushing yards and averaged 7.3 yards per play. <laughs> is, Anthony, is this an homage to Anthony Lynn? What is this? Don't bring his name into it. This is all on Brandon Staley. Like, I don't know. It, over 400 total yards, not just rushing yards. But but you would not have thought that it was possible they lost. Right. And, and so... What happened was just that their defense was so bad they couldn't stop the Texans. Like, why? Everyone else has been able to stop the Texans this year except for the Chargers. The, the Texans had the worst rushing de- rushing offense in the NFL. They're averaging like 77 yards a game. They 189. Like, it is just bonkers that the Chargers could not stop the Texans. Everyone stops the Texans. Not everyone. It is, it is the worst possible time to lay a total egg the Chargers, just looking really quickly, total yards in a game. Week one was the only other time they had over 400 yards of offense this season. And that was against the Jaguars, if I recall correctly. Against the Jaguars. The only other they had, um, I mean, the only time they scored over, th- they scored 30, 30 points. They scored, tw- only time this season they scored more than 22 points were the two Jaguars games. They swept the Jaguars, and then in uh, in in this game, I mean, it's just a humiliating loss for the Chargers, and probably going to cost their season. They could still bounce back, I suppose, but you cannot lose this game. Uh, I mean, you uh, can lose this game. Maybe the story here is the Texans are hot. That's two wins in a row. Four <laughs> wins for David Culley is a really good effort this season. Oh, it's a huge effort. Yeah, and, and by the way, we haven't talked about the Jaguars yet, but Houston now doesn't have to worry about the first overall pick. And I say that because you can't trade out of the first overall pick and perhaps get more draft capital. So, and 
whoever is taken number one overall is inherently judged more aggressively than everyone else. So that's one less thing to worry about, and you have a ton of things to worry about going into the offseason. So that's a that's a victory too. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, speaking of victories, the Dallas Cowboys had one, a big one on Sunday night. We'll talk about it next. Cowboys 56, WFT 14. And I'm not kidding. Do they cover? They they did cover. And I'm not kidding when I say that this score is almost unfair to suggest. Like, like this score is like, wow, that team kicked another team's ass. But it doesn't even really do the ass-kicking justice, to be perfectly honest. I mean, it was, this was as, where does this rank for you guys in terms of bludgeonings you've seen in, in the last 10 years? Well, I don't know if that was 10 years ago now, but the, the Titans, pa- Patriots, Snowball. Patriots is what I kept thinking about. Yeah, I don't, Snowball that may have been beyond 10 years ago now, but uh, I was just happy that it happened, you know, two hours prior to the, the Steelers getting their ass kicked because I was like, oh, we'll be talking about that forever. And that that I mean that was only thirty six points. That's that's just a halftime. That's thirty minutes of football for the Cowboys. So it it was thorough. Um, I didn't I haven't you know top of my head. I just mentioned that the one game that popped out. I don't have another one that really pops out. I'm sure there are plenty of blowouts. But one, Ravens Dolphins opener from oh, two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah that one was bad. That was the Lamar MVP uh, kick. Yeah, uh, it was twenty nineteen. Then yeah, yeah. That was that was really bad. But when things are going sideways, it, it's hard to sort of you know pull up, pull the car off to the side of the road, and and run from it while it's about to catch on fire. So, if you're watching, you sit there and take it. I think the lesson there is, and if you've seen the highlights, you saw Deron Payne and Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Allen getting a little fisticuffs. Former teammates from Alabama, defensive lineman for Washington. Now they were unhappy about something. Obviously, my advice: don't bring the Washington team benches to Dallas. And then mm-hmm. sit on them and get in a fight with your teammates. Just yeah. leave them back there. Just they got set, benches. Set the benches on fire now, Washington. Mm-hmm. They've blown that that whole thing blew up in your face. That one backfired. Just admit it. Take the L and go home. So for I mean, really quickly for Washington, is this a setback? <laughs> is is losing by uh, what? How many points did they score? I mean, it's obviously a setback, but they weren't going to the playoffs anyway. I guess my my point is. Ron Rivera had this thing turned to the right direction, it felt like. And they were making a push for the playoffs for the second straight year. The defense was playing a lot better. And then all of a sudden, you bring in the heated benches, and the beat benches get heated. And Payne and Allen are going at each other on the sidelines, and they keep cutting to Ron Rivera, and he's wearing the mask on the sideline and just staring like straight ahead. Like, you're not seeing his mouth move. It doesn't look like he's talking on the mic that's in front of him. I mean, I, I, and I had a Washington – fans, friends who were texting me like, oh, Rivera might have to go after this. It's like, look, that's not happening. But the sideline blow up with Payne and, and Allen breach is a concern because it's on national television. Yeah, you're getting your ass kicked, but you can't be doing that between two teammates. And it does bring into question, is this is this move in the correct direction we thought Washington was making actually happening? Yeah, I mean, the you can't have your teammates fighting each other on the sideline. And, and that's everything. You know, that's on the coaching staff. That's on the players. Things, are, Of course, things are going to get heated when you're getting your butt kicked like this. But, uh, you know, you don't need to make it worse by picking fights with your teammates. Especially and, like you had teammates. Like you've been teammates for like nine forever years. Forever since college. <laughs> yeah. And so it was definitely a little bit weird to see. But I definitely, uh, you know. They were six and six a couple weeks ago. They were at six and seven. They were number the seventh seed 
in the playoffs. This was a team that had not even flickering playoff hopes, knowing that it had actual playoff hopes, knowing that if they played well down the stretch, they might be able to do something. And now they've lost three in a row. And I, I don't know, Brinson, I think that, you know, Ron Rivera has got to stick around because he needs to get a quarterback in there. I'm not sure that Taylor Heineke is oh, the Ron answer. Rivera's not going anywhere, I don't think. Right, right. So he just needs to kind of, he needs to decide what he wants to do going forward. Because, you know, obviously Heineke apparently plays great anytime he plays the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But anytime he plays anyone else, it's a little bit of a struggle. So I think they need to figure out what to do at the quarterback spot and then work from there. By the way, Deron Payne told reporters afterwards, uh, he said, look, you got brothers. You all fight, don't you? Poop happens. He didn't say poop. Uh, it's all good. <laughs> and that I mean, is the thing. Like, you know. It's, you, it's not It's not that big a deal. But when it happens on the sideline, nationally televised game. And it'd be one thing if they both weighed 130 pounds. It's something else entirely when they're both 320. And, you know, things. No one. I mean, one tried to punch the other. I, I can't remember who was who. And one started the thing by pointing in his face and it is what it is. You're just angry about whatever. Maybe you missed a gap assignment. Maybe you weren't where you're supposed to be. And you know, he just told you in front of 75,000 people, as opposed to, you know, in practice where you guys could settle it. 18 million, but whatever. Um, Yeah. But I mean, to your point, yes. I mean, like my brother and I had a, you know, Charlie's like, go do this. Like F you Charlie. He's like, F you. Then all of a sudden it's just escalated, but only like 15 people at our, you know, Christmas thing, not like 75 million like the washington Dallas game so yeah not i mean probably in the big scheme of things not a big deal but washington the it way didn't help what's that i said it didn't help didn't help and again as, as breach points out you know you lose to the cowboys at home week 12 and they bring or excuse me week 14 when they bring the benches lose at philly look pretty hapless last week and then get just blistered by the Cowboys on Sunday night football. By the way, it was 24 nothing in that week 14 game at half before Washington. Oh, that's right. They got smoked by Dallas. Yeah. Dallas put it on them pretty good this year. So Washington is, uh, after a four game win streak coming out of the bye, skidded to, you know, now they're six and nine. They're, they're done. They're done. Uh, Dallas, though, I think is the clearly the bigger storyline here. They, I mean, if, and granted, Washington, not good. Offensive line, missing players. Taylor Heineke, who has only been starting because Ryan Fitzpatrick got hurt in the first week of the season. But if if that Dallas team shows up for the postseason, they're terrifying. Uh, Yes, very much so. And here's the thing. I was asked about this on HQ. When you talk about the NFC right now, I mean, rank your level of trust. Packers, Dallas is now the number two seed. Rams, Tampa Bay, Arizona. I'll stop there. Breach spot. Trust the Cowboys. Ahead of the Green Bay? No. I would go Packers and then Cowboys. I would go and then Buccaneers and then Rams. That's my list. You didn't even include the Packers, which is also the right call. <laughs> I mean, the uh, the Cardinals, which is also the right call. Yeah. No, Packers, there's there's a big four, and then it's everything else, I think, with the way Arizona's. Well, I want to hear you say it, Brinson, because I know you love, you love you some Jared it. Goff. Some L.A. Rams, Jared Goff Jr. Get out of here. Jared, Jared Goff Jr. <laughs> give, give, my, give my Rams a lot of crap for 11 and 4. I mean, come on. So you want me to rank the four teams? I mean, yeah, the five teams. You, you can, any, any direction you want to go We're with the rankings. We're not including Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. I think this was be- a game that the Cowboys had to have in, in the sense that it, we've been waiting, you know, people talking for weeks that Dak Prescott might be in a slump, and there is no better slump buster than putting up 56 points and you, the quarterback, throwing four touchdowns and becoming 
the first quarterback in NFL history to throw a touchdown pass to a running back, a receiver, a tight end, and an and offensive lineman. That's right. In the same game. Good, did you get that from the rundown, back. or did you have that written down in your notes? Because I wrote that in the rundown. Ooh, sorry. It's okay. Um, but I'm, my, my concern is it might be it might not be correct. I think I didn't even double check it. So I hope you I hope you double checked it. I double checked it. It's correct. Green Bay it's in my notes. It's in both our notes. It's correct. Green Bay feels like the most trust trustworthy team. You know what? I, I that they do. The last two weeks they've tried to give away games at the end. In fact, the only thing holding me back on Dallas is Mike McCarthy. Tell him more. Like Dan Quinn is Dan Quinn probably deserves another look as a head coach. Kellen Moore's calling got their mojo, got their mojo back. And Dallas, look, Dallas has been bad offensively for the last you know, month. But sort of like Kansas City, you can find different ways to win throughout the season. We all got so obsessed with the identity of the Cowboys being high scoring offense that can't do anything on defense. And NBC did it in Chris Collinsworth did a great job of showcasing how Dan Quinn is moving Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence, and Micah Parsons all around the front to make life hell on offensive lines and doing stuff that you weren't expecting to see. Like they're rotating Demarcus Lawrence inside. And he's just obliterating guards and getting Micah Parsons easy looks at the quarterback. They are a, you know, we again, we think about them as they'll go as far as Dak takes them. And we worry that Mike McCarthy will hold him back. But what if this formula is maybe closer to what the Giants won with Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning, but souped up on offense? That just just the 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 or maybe the Eagles is a good comp, right? Like this, but with better offense. I mean, I kind of want to bet the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl at ten to one. Well, you know listen. what? Let me just say real quick that Brinson, uh, very predictable tonight. I had Run Zeke at Run Zeke. If you're listening, tweeted at me. What will Brinson complain about about Mike McCarthy tonight? I mean, there's nothing to complain about with Mike. Well, I know, but you started the conversation with the only thing holding them back is Mike McCarthy. I don't necessarily disagree, but I feel like McCarthy has got you know, like we haven't mentioned his name as much in the past few weeks because he's been making a lot smarter decisions. He's already got a super wonders belt. Yes, he had Aaron Rodgers, uh, but again, this is that kind of generational talented offense that maybe. Uh, it makes but, coaching uh, a lot easier when your offense is this good. Okay. Uh, when I say what hold, what holds me back from from backing the Cowboys is Mike McCarthy. I don't mean Mike McCarthy made a bunch of bad mistakes tonight. He didn't. What concerns me is he's going to get in the NFC title game against Green Bay and and keep kicking uh, field goals from the one yard line. Little butt cheeks are going to get real snug, and he's going to bang a bunch of field goals down as Aaron Rodgers is going for it on fourth down. That's my concern: is that he'll get conservative in the playoffs. He'll that, he'll, he'll revert back to his old ways, right? And I, but I think he, because you know, last week or, or excuse me, two weeks ago against Washington, or maybe the last two weeks, really, Dallas's offense has settled for field goals, but they also knew their defense could stop whoever they were playing, and so they weren't worried about running up the score and, and putting. All right, you had us rank the or Wilson. You had us rank the top four teams at NFC. Name rank those coaches. Who you trust the most in the playoffs? LaFleur, McCarthy, McVay, or Arians? Now that suddenly gets a little interesting because there's that's uh, not know, a. I'm going with LaFleur first because he doesn't seem to waver in part because Aaron Rodgers may have some input into what they do. Yeah, do you remember last year? The guy who kicked the field goal down. I would imagine he's learned a lesson from that. I can guarantee this much. Bruce Arians will always kick a field goal. But he has a Tom, Super Bowl. Tom Brady on his roster. Well, you can make your own list. You asked me my list, so I'm telling okay. you. 
Sean McVay will kick a, suit, kick a field goal faster than he played on that's the why, That's why uh, Matt LaFleur is number one. So I think it's LaFleur, Arians, McVay, and then McCarthy. All right. So allow me to rank the four so that way people can tell me to leave me alone. I will take Arians one because he just won the Super Bowl last year and because I'm pretty sure that of all of these coaches and quarterbacks and organizations that Tom Brady can overrule Bruce Arians and like none of the other quarterbacks can. Like if Tom's like, no, Bruce, we're running this. I don't know if that's true because every week Bruce Arians comes out and says all those interceptions, they're all Tom Brady's mistakes every single week. I mean, I think Tom has more authority. Well, Aaron Rodgers probably has more authority, as much authority over LaFleur, as much say in the offense. But I'm going to take number two. I'm going to take McCarthy because he's won a Super Bowl. Well, you're just going on history. You just said that you're worried that he's going to get tight butt cheeks in big games. So you're going to take the two coaches who are being carried by Aaron Rodgers? All four of these coaches are conservative as hell. I don't think Matt Matt LaFleur is – I always get him confused with his brother. That conservative. They'll all just settle for a short field goal. They're not afraid to do it. That's why we're ranking them. All right. It's your list. Go ahead. <laughs> so you have LaFleur, McCarthy. Keep going. No, it's Arians first. Arians, McCarthy, LaFleur, McVay. Oh, my God. Would you he, have first this Wilson? guy has McVay behind Mike McCarthy. Can you believe that? <laughs> Holy Moses in the daytime. Uh, I have, I just, think I'm, I, just, I'm just pandering. To I would do LaFleur, McVay, Arians, McCarthy. And I will say this, uh, some commenters in the YouTube chat are like, well, why are you guys dumping on McCarthy? He hasn't been conservative this year. I think that uh, Kellamore's done a great job, except for the one time when McCarthy was sick and then Kellamore lost his mind. <laughs> lost his mind. But other than that, they, they've, they've been fine. And I think if Mike McCarthy can sort of take a hands-off approach, they, they'll continue to have success. I think that the important thing to remember for me, and because, and, you know, uh, when I was on HQ, there's like, is there any way the Cowboys can get out of the NFC in terms of win the conference? It's like, yeah, absolutely. Because here's the thing. The last two weeks, the Packers, number one, they have a Steelers like defense. I can't tackle anyone. The Ravens and the Browns both came back and had a chance to win those games that they had no business winning where you have a defense in Denver. that can actually help you out. Should you get into a tight spot? So I think it's very realistic. Andy Larson in the chat. Wow. Brinson's list is the worst. Just yeah, I was just I was just pandering to chat. I mean, okay. look, McVay's been to a Super Bowl. LaFleur's been to what? Back-to-back NFC title games? Yeah, he's won 13, 13, and 12 games in his first three years. I mean, they're all they're all very good coaches that I think fall like I don't know that you put Sean McVay last behind Mike McCarthy. I don't know. I don't know that I don't I don't know. I think it's hard to discern the schematic in like in-game advantages that you get with these four coaches over one another. Well, let me Wilson, you just mentioned Lafour 13, 13, and 12 in his first three years. What's more impressive? Uh t- 38 wins in your first three years with Aaron Rodgers or 33 wins in your first three years with Jared Goff. Yeah, no, it's a McVay thing, but it doesn't change the fact that we know that Sean McVay gets conservative in times where all four of these coaches get conservative. I think that LaFleur is the least conservative, and I think that Aaron Rodgers has more um, sway over those decisions than any of the other quarterbacks, Fair even enough. including Tom Brady. Okay. I mean, Let's... Bruce Arians is that ordinary old granddad. Like, you know, you go over to see him and he's like, eh, and that's it. <laughs> so, all right. See you next Christmas, grandpa. 
the defending Super Bowl champion head head coach for sure. The I, I do think the Cowboys didn't we see a ten to one on William Hill? I mean this late season ten to one, five to one to win the NFC, ten to one to win the Super Bowl. This excuse me, Caesars not William Hill. This late in the season with a team that's guaranteed one home game in the playoffs and is obviously locked into the postseason, that seems like pretty good value to me. Cowboys? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is. I'm trying to make my, my vision so bad I can't see it. They're in the playoffs. They're the current number two seed in the NFC. They're going to play the Eagles and the Giants, right? That sounds right. To close out, they're going to get to 13. They're playing the Cardinals and the Eagles. Oh, Cardinals and the Eagles is right. The Birds. Bunch of bird games. So, worst case scenario, they're going to be bird is the word 12 and five and one of the top four seeds. And they're 10 to one. I mean, I, I how many know. times this season do you think we've said best worst case scenario this team will be? <laughs> Go back and look. The thing is, like, I, I like a lot of these odds, but if you had to pick, and let's just assume that the Packers are the number one seed and they get to the conference championship on their side, Tampa Bay is playing at Dallas. I think I'm picking the Cowboys. I know you don't bet against Aaron Rodgers. I understand all that. But as we sit here, this team has been so Wait, is playing at Dallas? You don't bet against Tom Brady. Yeah, I won't. I won't. Okay. I just think that. Mainly because the. I, no, no, that's. You said you don't bet against Aaron Rodgers, but you were talking about Tampa. That's and right. Dallas. Yeah, Tom Brady. Sure. I, I, okay. I, I didn't learn that lesson last year in the Super Bowl. And I, I probably wouldn't learn it again if these two matched up in the scenario I just mentioned. But um, I don't know. Because last year, the second half of the season, the Buccaneers went buck crazy. Buck wild, I guess is the same. Well, they lost to a bunch of good defenses, beat a bunch of bad defenses, then got in the playoffs and had to, and then somehow beat like three, four straight good defenses or something like that. Uh anyway, let's 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 move on. All right, yeah. yeah. Enough. The Eagles took care of business against the Giants 34 to 10. Eagles now have 656 total yards against the Giants this season they lost the last game because they gave up uh they lost the turnover margin by four they won it by two this week Debo you said when we first started the NFC playoff chat that this was the least impressive what did you say least impressive 20 24 point win I've I've seen um it was pretty pathetic if it wasn't for quite what possibly the worst one-two punch of quarterbacks I've ever seen in Jake <laughs> Brom and then turning it over to Mike Glennon, there might be a different result. It was tied 3-3 three to three at halftime, and the defense is playing well and has been playing well, so I'm not saying they would have given up 20 points to a different opponent, but with that type of offensive output, any other team in the league pretty much at this point, you're going and trailing, and it might be a deficit that's too hard to overcome. So was not happy with the first half. Did not think they were going to lose the game, but it, it shouldn't have been that stressful. It shouldn't have been that difficult to go all the way into the second half uh, in order to kind of secure that victory and take advantage of that horrible, horrible one-two punch of, of Fromm and Glennon. <laughs> My guys, Fromm and Glennon. Uh, Jake Fromm, look, I said this all last week. <laughs> Giants fans, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. The clamoring, they're like, enough is enough. Get Glennon out of there. We need to see from. And then the reports leading up to this game where it's like, you know, uh, 
the Giants uh, really, really like Jake Fromm. Believe he may have a future with the franchise. And what can he show him today against Philadelphia? Fromm goes out there and goes six of seventeen for twenty-five yards and an interception. And this is not me dogging on Jake Fromm. Mike Glennon was seventeen to twenty-seven for ninety-three yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Mike did not have a good game either. But this is not a Mike or Jake problem. This is a Giants problem. The Giants' offense is horrendous. The offensive line is terrible. Saquon Barkley is washed already somehow before he gets to the end of his rookie contract. There's something worth worth noting. ESPN, uh, Adam Schefter reported before the, the games today that Joe Judge and Daniel Jones are coming back. So I don't know if that makes yeah. you feel better or worse. That's what I was going to get to next. You guys, I'm, I'm It sure makes guys... me feel better. <laughs> hey, <laughs> oh, oh! I'm sure you guys saw this over the holiday season. But so last week, I can't remember it was like. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? I love it. Great show, yeah. Um, or movie. The Nine Kittens of Christmas? I, I didn't see that. It's a Hallmark or, movie. I think, it was, I, watch it. I think it was Pat Leonard of the New York Daily News. who, who I, I like, I'm not questioning this, the story. I think the story is real. But he, 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 um, no, it's real. It's just usually if you preface a story by saying you don't think the story might not be real, then let me finish telling you about it. So, (laughs) Pat literally writes this article of the the New York Daily News about how Joe Judge has gone out and given the biggest bonuses in Giants like franchise history to various. Did you guys see the story? No, right? So, it was like Thursday or something. It was, I think it was Thursday. It was two other employees in the organization. But let me ask a question. Does he have the authority to be passing out all the all the Mara's money and the Tish's money? See, this this is my point. They delivered three hundred thousand dollars in Christmas bonuses. Good this lord! Got, this got picked up everywhere. It was going viral. People were quote tweeting. Like even like the most cynical Giants fans, like Nick Costos, is tweeting like, "You may no matter what you think about Joe Judge, you have to appreciate what he did here." It's like, wait, do you? Because you do the math. It's like, look, it's like four thousand dollars an employee. But here's an idea: to give him a raise. And as Wilson points out, John Joe Judge, the head coach of the football team, isn't given a pile, a bag of cash, and then t- like told to take it around and hand it out to employees. So my laws. But I was like, you know, like this is cool, but there's something odd about this. Then on Sunday, so think about the timing of it. Either on Thursday or Friday, they leak out that Joe Judge, it, Joe, Judge Claus, is going around making it rain in the Giants facility. Everybody's like, oh, pro Judge. And then on Sunday, they come back and leak to Schefter that Joe Judge and Daniel Jones will be back in 2022. Like, it feels very, very purposefully planted in a way that kind of works, but is so obvious that – I don't think anybody thought Joe Judge was going anywhere anyway. So Ebenezer Brinson, everybody. Ebenezer Brinson. I mean, am I wrong? Brenton, where can we uh, log on and subscribe to your conspiracy theory website? <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, Beanon. Beanon. <laughs> yeah. Beholdenon. Beanon.biz. 85 minutes in, and he hasn't mentioned OnlyFans, which I consider a win. <laughs> oh, thank you. Coin toss conversations coming up next after the break. I mean, do you not? I mean, do you not? I mean, do you not kind of agree with that theory? I, I had a question about where you got the money from, but Christmas I, Eve at 10 a.m. on the nose, the story comes out. I don't like, begrudge the the. However, he, I mean, maybe he had a conversation with the owners. I don't know. I was just curious about it, but I would imagine that if he hadn't, in fact, passed out the four thousand dollars per person or however they got their their bonuses, that we would have heard about that as well. So, I mean, hey, that's what it takes to get a four thousand dollar bonus for Christmas. I'm all for it. And if you're working in, you know, if you're working in ticket sales, you don't care who the head coach is. You're still getting your bonus. All right. Now, in fairness, Judge, his coaching staff, and the 
Judge, his coaching staff, and the Giants players chipped in a total of $300,000 this holiday oh, season and spread go. it out among 70 members of the organization's support staff this week. Multiple sources told the news. That is a Giants record. Hmm. Interesting. So apparently it's something they do every year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just... Yeah. I'm well, just, at least they set one record this season. Oh. Dunked on the Giants. <laughs> I'm not questioning the generosity of Joe Judge. Sounds like it. I'm just saying that <laughs> it is it is incredibly coincidental that they raised all that money and then on Sunday the Giants announced that he's coming back. Right, maybe, so you're maybe you're saying that it's like they did some preemptive leaking so they wouldn't take any blowback from having the news leak out the Judge was going to return because no one wants to bash the guy who was handing out money to everyone. Breach, let me give you a little heads up. When Brenson starts passing out $50 bills and say, hey, hey I'm just being a nice guy, yeah, that yeah. means he's about to get fired. <laughs> I was going to, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's right. Oh, boy. Um, no. I like having Judge in the division. I like having the Giants in the division. I think Daniel Jones, I don't, I think he's a decent quarterback. Like you said, with the other quarterbacks that have stepped in, he's just in a really bad spot. I think it's more on Judge and the infrastructure in New York rather than whatever quarterback's in that spot right now. And look, there may be a separate, um, less conspiratorial angle to take here. And that is that, no, that's that Joe Judge and the players and the coaches all raised the money. And the Giants' ownership and management saw that as an, when was the, how many times have you ever read a story about the bonus money given to cafeteria workers? And we've been doing this for 10 plus years. Well, let me ask another question just to, to move off this topic, which is free medium Pepsi, as Southern Dandy points out in the comments. Yeah, they were just getting roasted for the giving away like a free. Well, they doubled drink. out and they doubled down in a big way. It, how does Joe Judge change as a coach in your eyes? And you have to speculate on this because we don't know when he has, let's say, a general manager that isn't Dave Gettleman. By that, I mean someone that maybe is a little more progressive and whatever is better about get, putting a roster together. As I understand it, they're going to put Gettleman out to pasture. So I, anybody becomes a better coach without Dave Gettleman. Well, if you get a worse GM, that's not necessarily the case. I think it would be difficult to do. Well, that's my point. So what, what does this team look like a year from now? I'm not sure what the salary cap situation is off the top of my head, but, you know, they, they get three or four offensive linemen and free agency in the draft. And, you know. It's a, hard to do. You can, you can draft four guys pretty easy. They're going to have a top, They're going to have two top ten picks. You can take two of them if you want to. So, you know. All right, we're spending way too long on Eagles Giants. Let's move way on. too long. No one wants to answer that question. All right. Uh, I let's well let's answer it next year. Fair enough. In like four days. Hey oh. All right. Um, still, I, I know I was a little down. You guys know you just I'm, tell us to hurry up and then jump in to tell yeah, us. Yeah, I just want I just want to have this on the record. You know, you guys know I'm like the most optimistic fan, Eagles fan that you guys know. I'm down on this game, but I'm still all about the playoff run they're about to make. Read between the lines, that means he wants Gardner Minshew to start the rest of the year. All right, next show. <laughs> hey Rams 30, Vikings 23. The Rams clinch a playoff berth with the win and moved into first place in the NFC West. The Vikings have now played in 12 consecutive one-possession games after oh the God, longest single-season streak of all time in NFL history. Justin Jefferson passed Odell Beckham. After passing Randy Moss for the most receiving yards in the first two seasons in NFL history, he now owns the record. I am was shocked that the Rams didn't find a way to screw this up because Matthew Stafford played awful. But I do think it's sort of a, you know, you can say 
this is a bad game by Team X, and they still won. I mean, they 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 stacked a road win in January against, against a terrible team after I mean, playing on a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to continue to defend Matthew Stafford. Do you have to do better than that? Yeah, he played like crap. They still won. The I mean, look, the Vikings, the Vikings are not a terrible team. They're not great. Not great. Missing Dalvin Cook. So, all right, Rams. In Dallas for the playoffs, the spreads three, three and a half, three and a half, probably four or five. You think I, so? I, I, I probably minus three and a half or four. Oh, so I just said. So who are you taking? I want the Rams against the spread and to win, right? Probably. Breach where you're a little more sensible, which I can't believe I have to say. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. He's probably gonna going. He's in the Thelma and Louise mobile and Matthew Stafford's driving. He's probably Cowboys, but maybe Rams. I, that's I, not a decision I could possibly, not even hypothetically make right now until I know it's actually happening. I joked last week that I, I saw on Twitter. I'm sorry. I can't remember who said it, but you know, Jerry Goff, Stafford's basically Jerry Goff with a better PR team. And I didn't feel that way when he was in Detroit, but he hasn't not, been. This is nonsense. Well, let me ask you this. Has he been, has he lived, lived up to the expectations you thought he would he would be when he was traded for in year one. I think that he has lived up to the Rams expectations. Yes. The one thing I will say is that Matthew Stafford has as many playoff wins as Andy Dalton. No, you like uh, to say that. Well, so maybe I would take the Cowboys, probably take the Cowboys. I don't think he's lived to the expectations of, of Sean McVay. They're 11 and four. They're in first place in the division. He had a bad game against a Vikings defense that came to play in a desperate spot. Okay. They still found a way to win. Okay. Those things are all true, but he he hasn't played well. And he actually said after the game, we won in spite of me. Yeah, they won in spite of him. That's stacking a win in late December against an, a, an another NFC playoff contender on the road. Are they one and done? Uh, well, let's see the matchup, and like let's also see, you know, what, what's going on with COVID with these games. Are we are we is is the are the playoffs going to be like week six, week fifteen and week week sixteen? Because if so, that's going to make it really difficult. Additionally. You know, is Andrew Whitworth back? Um, Odo back. You know, I mean, like Andrew Whitworth matters for this team, I think, in a big way. So, yeah, he's left tackle, of course. Let's see the let's see the matchup for for the Rams. They could certainly lose to one of the wild card teams, but I would I would like their uh, their chances given their Minnesota done seven and eight, currently the ninth seed. Absolutely, Green Bay. Yeah, I think they're done. I was captaining the Minnesota bandwagon last week. I just I I poured gasoline on it, set it on fire. It's gone. By the way, it's Boomer fine. Boomer Sison made a good point uh, during the NFL Today pregame show that you know we've seen all these these quarterbacks come down with COVID. Aaron Rodgers didn't have it, but he was able to come back. He's he's cleared for ninety days from wherever he got it. If uh, Kirk Cousins gets it, he's out for he could be out for the rest of the season. Ten days. Ten days, depending on the timing. So yeah. uh, that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, because he's not vaccinated. If you're trying to to make a playoff push and your best player, is... I mean, it's the same with I mean Carson Wentz. There's a Did lot. You see that interview with Cousins before the game, where with Tom Palacios interviewing him at the stadium. He's like, "Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas." It looked like Cousins. Cousins was wearing like what you would expect to see me wearing at like Christmas time, just khakis and a oh, um, zip up like a uh, sweater. Yeah, but it, it, I was sort of, I, all I could picture was Cousins. Cousins, Cousins just doesn't leave the stadium. He's like, I'm not getting COVID. I am staying in the stadium. I'm sleeping in the stadium. I'm just not getting or like sleeping in the workout facility. Like he's just he's he. I think he's so aggressively followed the protocol rules because he didn't get vaccinated 
that he if he doesn't get COVID this year, he will treat it as a Super Bowl victory. Oh, fair enough. And yeah, maybe Boomer actually may have been talking about Carson Wentz. That's a thank you for bringing that up. One of the quarterbacks who was a vaccine, Carson and and uh, he's probably talking about Wentz instead of. Or maybe before the game's cousins matters too. It, it could have been Wentz. I was trying to think of the other one that was vaccinated, but because uh, they had a huge win, obviously, and Wentz actually played really well. But uh, yeah, that's just something to consider because if you if you get it, that's going to stink for you if their team needs you and you are unavailable. Yeah. The uh, yeah, but I think the Vikings are. I mean, they're done. It, no if they win in Green Bay on Sunday night, stop uh, it. I mean, it can happen. Brinson, I mean, did you Google the weather yet? Yeah, twelve degrees. Do you know what is that Celsius or Fahrenheit? We talk, it's gonna be four degrees at kickoff for that game. Where we talk about this? Sweet mercy. Mm-hmm. All right, what's yeah. next? You're happy about the Rams, Breach and I are a little more concerned about them, but you still have them going to the Super Bowl. I'm happy they could win a game. I mean, matters. they've already clinched a playoff spot. That's all that matters. You gotta get yourself to the dance before you can actually uh But we've been saying, hey, the Bengals played great. Hey, the Cowboys played great. That's what the direction you want to be going in. Uh, the Chiefs play great. The Rams, hey, okay. They've won four straight games and they've looked great for the for three of them. Okay. We shall see. Okay. I mean, you'd like to see them cooking on offense a little bit more, but they won four straight games. They're clinch a playoff berth, and they went and won. They they won despite Matthew Stafford. I'm, There's I, a path. You know what? Maybe they get back to the Super Bowl. I'm not gonna. Do, I'm not gonna count out the Rams. They're at Baltimore versus San Francisco. Probably go one and one. Worst case. Yeah. Worst case scenario. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Bears. Uh, these these games are gonna go fast here. Bunch of crap. Bear. Oh, Bears. Oh, I missed Bucks at Panthers. That's how bad it was. The Buccaneers beat the Panthers thirty-two to six. They clinched the NFC South title with the victory. How do we feel? You know, you're gonna pick on the Rams. I, I just said that earlier. We were talking about the list of the NFC teams. That's why I had Dallas rated ahead. That's why I had um that's why Bruce Arians was my number one NFC coach. I mean they I mean the the, the Panthers, who knows? I mean the, the, the report, Panthers are, might be a bottom five team in the NFL. The Panthers are terrible. Matt Rule's job is fine according Entire to the rule chance broke out in this game at the in the fourth quarter. They're they're terrible. I mean he ha, he has they've started strong the, the first two years for like the first four weeks. And then they've cratered. And he was can, running. He was alternating Cam Newton and Sam Donald in the red zone on the first red zone series they had. And what was that complaint about last week that he went? Oh, the, the the kicker situation blew up in his face. But prior to that, and I forgot about this, when Teddy Bridgewater went on uh, All Things Covered with Pat Pete and um, BMAC, he said, we didn't do a lot of third down work. No, he said the, we didn't do any two-minute drill work. Two-minute drill work, excuse me. And yeah. That might be a huge red flag. I, you can, I don't know if that's Matt Rule or Joe Brady, but they fired Joe Brady, so it's someone else's fault now. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. And I don't know if Matt Rule's a good coach. He's apparently a great recruiter, and he's great. We don't, we don't need to spend any more time on this on the Panthers. They are awful. All right, any concerns about the Buccaneers? I mean, they looked like a, a world beater tonight, but I mean, today, but who the hell knows what that means? I mean, you win a game by 26, and it's your first time without Leonard Fournette, without Chris Godwin, without Mike Evans. You have zero offensive weapons. And Antonio Bound returns and catches 10 passes for 101 yards. I would say if there was a game you would have been worried about, it would have been this one. Not that they were going to lose it. Maybe it could have been close. Uh, but they looked fine, and I think they're only going to get better as Brady adjusts to having who he has now. Do you feel better about Sam Darnold? That's a rhetorical question. Next game. Wrong. Yeah. Bucks are almost entirely dependent on the health of their skill position guys. If they can make a deep, deep run or Tom Brady's just a superhuman bears. 20, 
five, Seahawks 24. This Matt is actually Nagy. a good this is a good game. It's a fun game. Snowball up in uh, Seattle. Matt Nagy ditches the visor and goes with the toboggan. And look at the amazing turnaround for him. He goes for two after an insane Nick Foles to Jimmy Graham touchdown catch. They can tie it up, but no. He goes for two. It wasn't a walk-off two-point conversion, but it was enough to get them the win. Was proud of Matt Nagy for going for two in that spot. Um, I'm not. I don't, I don't really carry the way on Foles, but it, it is nice to see Foles. You know, 24, 35, 250 yards and a touchdown in that spot. Russell Wilson, 16 to 27, 181 yards and two touchdowns. Rashad Penny, 17 carries, 135 yards. Gerald Everett, the leading receiver, although DK Metcalf um, did catch a touch, a 41 yard touchdown pass. His other reception was zero yards. The Seahawks. I mean. The Seahawks seem more likely to blow it up than the Bears. Yeah. JJ, Jonathan Jones said um, at some point during the, the telecast that uh, he, he's 75% chance he thinks Russ is done. And he said he thinks it's higher than that, but he don't want to make guarantees because, you know, you end up getting burned or whatever. So, I, you know, we've been talking about this for, for weeks, maybe months, that Russ is going to be moonwalking out of town. And it's it feels like a lot of the teams that were that have been historically really good uh, the Steelers, the Seahawks. Um, what other teams have been good? Uh, the Falcons on it some level. Like, yeah. The Saints. They're all teams that are like frustratingly bad. And I, the players, you can tell, are frustrated. Uh, football team had had some issues. They haven't been historically good, but they played okay in, in recent years. And the Seahawks might be the worst of the bunch. I don't know who's been more disappointing as a quote-unquote good team turned bad than than Seattle this year. Yeah, I mean, well, it's because it was unexpected. You have Russell Wilson. You think the team's going to be good, and then they're not. Go- I mean, talk about falling flat on your face, and I, I cannot believe Chicago won this game because it, it, I Bears, picked them to, to cover. They were down by 10 points in the fourth quarter. The Bears showed no signs of life in the first half. They had one drive in the entire first half. that They had zero drives that went over 15 yards. They had no <laughs> drives over 15 yards. And then somehow managed two drives of more than 80 yards in the second half, including that game-winning touchdown drive that Brinson was talking about. And those are the things that, like, can you imagine how frustrated Russell Wilson was on the sideline thinking, my God, I'm starting to feel it again. I got my mojo back. And then your defense blows the game. Uh, And those are the things that I think are going to leave a bad taste in his mouth. And he's just going to get to the offseason and be like, you know what? I think that Chicago team might be ahead of my team. So why don't I just go there or something And then I'll make the connection to O'Hare and fly to Pittsburgh. Would the if you were if you're Chicago, would you trade Justin Fields in yes 2022 first round pick for us? Yep. Does that make Chicago good? Probably can fix the offensive line. It does. Isn't I think they're the same team. No, that's why he goes to Pittsburgh. They're both they're both five and ten. They both have these defenses you traditionally think is good, but they're like kind of falling apart. They have no offensive line. They have these talented wide receivers and weapons that somehow they can't use. And they have a coach everyone hates. But they also have the, – the Seahawks have five losses this year by three points or less. Sure. That's crazy. It's going to – Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about these teams a lot. Neither team is going to the playoffs. I can assure you that. Huge win for Matt Nagy, I feel like. Well, it's, gonna be, it's, it's a, it's a late Christmas present because it's going to be a tough 2022. Delivered by St. Nick. <laughs> I got to use it. Nick Foles. Pull up your pants, take (laughs) off the bra, and be a man. 
Does Kevin Harlan live in Cincinnati? They make him do every Bengals game. <laughs> he should have a second home there. He could stay with my parents. That seems like a great place to have a second home. Yeah. Raiders <laughs> 17, Broncos 13. Another fun game. Yeah, these two. Well, and these were both sort of late flippers where it looked yep. like it, it weren't a lot of them on, on, a, on Sunday, but it looked like the Broncos were going to take this game and the Raiders sort of got their act together and end up winning. They keep their hopes alive for the playoffs. The Broncos are now toast. Josh Jacobs ran 27 times for 129 yards. The The effort by the Broncos rushing attack, seven carries for Javante Williams and a touchdown, two carries for Drew Locke for 10 yards, and Melvin Gordon, seven carries for negative four yards. Absolutely pathetic. So you're just going to leave it on Drew Locke's shoulders to win? I mean, they didn't do anything. Well, if they're doing that, you're losing. Yeah. which is why they lost. I mean, Vegas had 158 yards. Vegas one of 10 on third down conversions. 36 to 22 in time possession. 18 first downs to 22. 18 rushing yards is the third fewest in fran- tied for the third fewest in franchise history. I mean, that is how low it was. You look at the Broncos offense. This might have been the most inept offense performance of the entire season. I know it wasn't the lowest yardage total, but just when you look at the totality of everything that happened, they had three scoring drives in this game. One of them was one yard. One of them was four yards. So basically their defense would get a turnover. And then the offense, one of them, they kicked a field goal because they couldn't even score from Raiders territory after a fumble. And then their other scoring drive was 44 yards. So it was just, I have total ineptitude on the part of the Raiders or the Broncos offense. Do you think that uh, Derek Carr is playing somewhere else next year? I, I think it's entirely dependent on what they do with Mike Mayock. I don't know what he's going. I don't think he's going anywhere, is he? Well, if he's the GM, then he'll get to hire the coach, presumably. Sounds like I a mean, Fangio. he's got an eight and seven in the playoff race. Wilson, who's getting rid of an eight and seven? Twenty-seven percent chance the, that the Raiders go to the playoffs. No, I'm with you, Breach. I don't think he's going anywhere. Big Fangio also sounds like he may be safe. So, uh, worth noting, the Broncos, as we sit here, have the ninth overall pick, I believe, and they very well might be in the market for a old quarterback. Mm. Uh, yeah, they're definitely in the market. Because Drew Locke, uh, boy, oh boy. He's not good. All right, Falcons, Lions. Falcons 20, Lions 16. Deeper I thought right the here. Lions were going to win this game. I'll be honest with you. Even yeah. without Jared Goff, 1.0. Yeah, Tim Boyle kept it close. Didn't they have a are they, You know, the Falcons should have covered. The Lions kicked a late, weird field goal down seven to cut it to four points. I'm not sure what they were doing. Thank you, Dan Campbell. Because <laughs> you had the Lions covering. Yes. No rushing attack whatsoever for the Falcons. Seven carries for Mike Davis, 28 yards. Kyle Pitts, six catches, 102 yards. Thanks for doing that in the fantasy playoffs. No, didn't help anyone, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, Matt Ryan, 18 to 24, 215 yards and a touch. Amon St. Uh, St. Brown looks like a legitimate player, like a good piece that they can build on. I don't know what else you take from this game. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say real quick, the, the, the late field, well, they did have all three timeouts left, so I think – I, yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. They were at the Falcons' eight-yard line. It was 20 to 13. You need a touchdown tie. There was under two minutes and 45 seconds left. A little weird, but then it worked out in their favor because the Falcons fumbled on their next possession, and then uh, Tim Boyle threw an interception on the final play of the game from the Falcons' nine-yard line. Yeah, the takeaway, left, yeah. the Lions seem to play hard every week. That's the yeah. takeaway. Lions bring it every week, 212 and 1 now. Falcons at 7-8, still technically alive for the playoffs, but yeah. – We'll need to. I wouldn't if they, if they were in the playoffs. I don't care who they're playing. They could be playing the Cardinals with no Kyler Murray, 
No, take away everyone off the roster. Just click. Brenton Kingsbury. will eat an actual Falcon live on the podcast <laughs> if the Falcons make a playoff. Not even simulation theory has the Falcons making the playoffs. Let me just put it that way. That's right. Jets 26, Jaguars 21. Zach Wilson's touchdown run, the longest rush TD by a quarterback in Jets history. It's the That's Jets' first 50-yard rush since October 7, 2018. Good Lord. By Isaiah Crowell against the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence also spiked the ball on third down from third and one, third and goal on the one with mm. eight or nine or ten seconds left instead of running a play, which I don't even know. That never happens if Urban's still the coach. I'll just say oh, that. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I mispronounced his name. Sorry. Yeah, Zach, Zach Wilson doesn't make that mistake. No, it's not. He would, he I would, mean, he would, when he you're in a battle, when you're in a game where it's the number one overall quarterback against the number two overall, uh, you don't want to lose like that if you're Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that is embarrassing. So if you're watching on YouTube, Debo has up the uh, draft order. And this was the Jacksonville Jaguars Super Bowl, their chance to get out that number one overall pick if they beat the Jets. And, of course, they couldn't do it, even though, as you mentioned, Brinson, they were down at the one-yard line uh, with the game uh, in the final seconds there. So they have two games left, Patriots and Colts. They're not going to win either one of those games. So they're going to be stuck in the in the first overall pick. Do you know the last team to pick first overall in back-to-back years? Bengals. Browns. The Browns, 2017-2018, Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield. You know the last team prior to that? The Bengals. <laughs> the Browns. <laughs> the Browns. Uh, 1999-2000, but at least they were a franchise. Couch and Courtney Brown? Yeah, yeah look Courtney at Brown, that's right, that's right. Way to go. Uh, I, was thinking, I was thinking there was somebody, the Browns, the Bengals had with the Big Daddy, Dan Wilkinson, and then somebody else. That, may, uh, that, may that was 94-95. That was yeah. Big Daddy and Kajana Carter. Okay, all right, all right, all right. There it is. So um, a lot of Ohio teams. But the point is this, that Jacksonville now has to end up taking an edge rusher because no one's trading up to get a quarterback, and they've taken edge rushers in two of the last three drafts. I don't know. It's just like they, they can't catch a break. And maybe yeah, they, you, might... they couldn't catch a break. Signed, uh, you know, signed over Meyer. Can't catch yeah, a break. There you go. Um, okay. Give me one takeaway, Breach, from Saturday night. Each game, or give me you give me one takeaway from Browns since you're the LaFleur guy. Browns, uh, Packers, and Wilson, you can handle uh, Cardinals, Colts. Oh, oh good. Because I, I want a Cardinals, Colts. Uh, my takeaway from Packers, Browns is that the Packers rushing defense better step up their game if they're going to get to the Super Bowl. I think that's, I think that's a great point, especially in that in a, in a conference that features uh, a Rams offense that's running well, the Cowboys, Leonard Fournette slash Rojo other teams that can run on you the 49ers Wilson. all they do is run 49ers eagles eagles yeah, yeah. all they do number is one run, rushing run, team run, in the NFL. no matter what speaking of rushing attacks jonathan taylor great rushing attack what was your biggest takeaway from cardinals and colts not jonathan taylor people had a very merry christmas because not only did the eagles win but carson wentz played an amazing game and he topped 75 percent snaps for the season and that here's a here's a fun fact for you. After this performance on Saturday night, how many games this season has Carson Wentz had a pass rating over one hundred? Two. Seven. Eight. Brinson wins out. Last year in twelve you starts. You only finished two times four, is what I said. Last year in twelve starts, how many games did Carson Wentz have a pass rating over hundred? Zero. One. Brinson wins again. Zero. <laughs> Carson Wentz is getting hot at the right time. That's, that's a good takeaway. And I would add that 
the Cardinals are getting cold at the wrong time. Yeah, that's falling apart. And that the Browns also like the Browns can't catch a break either. Well, I mean, Baker Mayfield keeps throwing interceptions and it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Fans are un- unhappy with uh, Stefanski's play calling. Yada, yada, yada. God, remember the Browns were like 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl before the season? Unbelievable. Yeah. Winners and losers. Wilson, you want to start us with a winner? Uh, yeah, I'll go with Debo, even though he dunked on me with that stupid pitcher that he will mm-hmm. keep in the file forever. Uh, the Eagles went ugly. The Eagles are now in the playoffs on the outside looking in. Playoffs? The brief, the brief snaps that I saw Jalen Hurts didn't look great, but he didn't need to because he's playing the uh, two-headed monster that is uh, from and Glendon. Two-headed, ball-headed monster, I guess you should call it. So, yeah, way to go, Philadelphia. Huge win for them. Is Jalen from all new? No, but Glennon more than makes up for it. And I can say that as a ball person. Okay. So go Eagles. Uh, Eagles fly breach. Fly Joe Burrow fly. That is my winner. Joe Burrow gets called out by the Ravens defense corner, and he responds (laughs) by embarrassing the Ravens and throwing for the fourth most yards in NFL history. And now the Bengals are just one game away from clinching the AFC North for the first time in six years. And, uh, you know, it's holiday season. Joe Burrow looks like uh, Macaulay Cockin, so it all works out. Cockin. <laughs> I love Joe Burrow's outfits that he wears in the holiday season. He wore his Krusty Krab SpongeBob SquarePants. I will say that my winner, my winners, two of them, Uh-oh. Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott, oh. all for like a month now, we've been talking about what, what happened with the Dallas offense. Oh, who's, you know, where is this? Where's this going? Is Dak hurt? What's wrong with the receivers? Is this a scheme thing? Has McCarthy lost his mojo? And then they come out and drop a 50 burger. And thanks to 14 points for the defense, but still a 50 burger on the Washington football team on Sunday night in primetime with the world watching. This is the kind of game where you bludgeon a division rival in a, in with the whole world looking crazy ratings that just gets uh, to, to use another, uh, you know, Austin Powers quote. It just gets Jerry Jones, Randy, baby. Oh, so God. yeah, I think Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, big winners here. How about a uh, loser, Wilson? I'm going with the Los Angeles Superchargers. Uh, you mentioned the 50 burger that Washington got hung on them. They got a 40 burger. You didn't say it. 40 burger got hung on them by, by the Texans. Uh, you know, you, you do the inflation there. That's like a, 150 points. <laughs> so no longer in the playoff race. I mean, in the playoff race, no longer in the playoffs inside the top seven. Uh, no explanation for how poorly they played. And they have a lot of work to do in a short amount of time to do it. So the Chargers are my uh, losers. Uh, my loser is Trevor Lawrence. You're the number one overall pick. You're in a showdown with the number two overall pick, and you lose because you have a brain fart at the one-yard line with 13 seconds left. You had plenty of time to run a play, and instead you spiked it, and that left you guys with just a fourth down play that also completely failed. Um, maybe that's a play call. Maybe that's Trevor Lawrence's fault, but whatever. When the number one pick loses the number two pick because the number one pick uh, failed at the end. That makes them one pick the loser. That's fair enough. I will say that the loser is Bill Belichick. And you go, you go Josh Allen or um, Sean McDermott as winners if you wanted, but Belichick, you know, hosting the Bills, trying to put the division, grab the division back, has a hundred yard rusher. You know, you think your defense would limit, you know, th- this Bills team that's missing Gabe Davis and Cole Beasley. No, Josh Allen gets locked in. 
314 passing yards, 64 rushing yards. Isaiah McKenzie goes nuts out of nowhere, and Mac Jones plays like crap. You lose 33-21. And then afterwards, you get asked by a reporter about your New Year's resolutions. Oh, boy, that was – it goes viral. God bless that reporter for uh, being willing to actually say that. I mean, I don't know how you would have the wherewithal yeah, to not just counts. keep your keep your mouth shut and let the press conference in. But uh, also, Belichick kind of a winner for how he handled it. I thought he I didn't see the answer. I saw the question. I couldn't even watch the answer. I was like, he oh my gosh. Said, no, not not at this time. Good he clearly him. knew it was like a non-football, you know. Um, so I have a question, not about football. It's almost the end of the year. What's your New Year's resolution? <laughs> not killing I, reporters. Yeah, I, then I'm not going to run down there and, and, and jerk you out. Uh, okay. That's the podcast. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Smash that like button. Even if you're Good just day. watching now, you're <laughs> listening on Spotify. Hit that five-star rating for Wilson and Breach. I'm Brenton. We will see you guys later tonight. Later tonight.